0: Now, the crown prince of combat, the sorcerer of martial arts, the one, the only, Bruce Lee is back. Enter the danger, enter the excitement, enter the legend of the incredible Bruce Lee, enter the dragon, rated R.
1: Crazy chair. Yeah, we're getting ourselves all ready to go. <laughs> getting, us, getting the getting getting the angle all right. Get the Barker lounge and uh, get the kinks out of the neck. I'll tell you, that's another thing we got to stop doing. We're getting too old to try to play Jackie Chan after the movie. <laughs> we can't keep doing this. We get so excited and then we try to like do we're some crazy stuff. Much bigger than we used
0: to be too. So. <laughs> yeah, we can't. You know, breaking lamps. Yeah. Dion. And-
1: <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah, one of these days we're, Nothing gonna, to... <laughs> we're gonna get my dad on tape doing that because we're so giddy. But you know, you can't see Blake trying to run up a wall and put his <laughs> wall, his foot right through some drywall, <laughs> <laughs> and then he falls and takes out a whole like end table.
0: I know. Uh, start like a whole jackass. Oh Inspired. yeah, with all this stuff, Inspired yeah, you too. yeah. There's still glass <laughs> show as a accompaniment to our episode. <laughs> there's still the
1: broken glass in the sh- shag carpeting. floor glass ca- carpet. Dirty people.
0: dancing uh, debacle.
1: Yeah, my parents still won't let us down in the basement after that, because the, you know you still dried blood up on the, uh, <laughs> the stucco, <laughs> stucco on the ceiling. Stucco ceiling. Yeah, so we just we tried to do some Jackie Chan tonight, and you know, I mean, I, I, Blake just threw me around, and you know, he tried to run up and. I, I guess you need wires to do this stuff. It's all about balance. Oh, yeah, I don't get it. I don't. Hopefully, uh, if I just leave some ice on this, it'll t- bring the swelling down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know. I like the old days. When yeah, you're a kid, and when, also when I think one of the reasons why it was easy to rebound when you were kids because you're so much lighter. Oh, that's so you like, if you fell down, it wasn't with as much impact <laughs> yeah. as it is now. It's
1: funny. I remember like. Uh, first riding my huffy and like going around town and like, you know, like, or, you know, ride on handlebars or on, on, uh, skateboards. And, you know, I would l- lose the whole epidural la- layer of skin <laughs> off my knees, my elbows. I'd have some gnarly, yeah, huge. Yeah. And I think about if I got them now, I'd be like worried. But I was just like, oh, well, <laughs> throwing myself down flights of stairs. Put the and, skin
0: back on. Yeah. Man,
1: put a bandaid. <laughs> and hope for the best. Me and my friend Martin one time were horsing around because we were in the James Bond and, his brother was getting into their dad's panel van, so we thought a good idea was to jump on the back. So we jumped on the back of the panel van to hold on, and he takes off. Martin jumps off. I hang on. Then he took a left, and I just flew <laughs> off. So I still have a scar on my knee to that, because like I chipped my knee. Uh, knee. My, what do you call that there? My uh, knee. Uh, cap. Thank you. <laughs> knee cap there. Ding, ding, ding. The answer is cap. <laughs> so the password is cap. I was just watching that last night. Jane Meadows and all that. That's fun. I get so excited. It's so funny to watch those shows and you're sitting there and if they're, eight, what are they, 60 years old? And you're like, like, <laughs> you're hooting and hollering like it's live, you know? But, but yeah. today
0: we're starting something that, who knows, might become a tradition.
1: Yeah, or, or we or may or never speak might, of it again.
0: <laughs> it might just be today. So this could be the beginning of something new for us. Yes. Or it might be... Just a regular old show. I forgot about embarking on this angle. And uh, what we're talking about is we're contemplating having Kung Fu February. <laughs> 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 um, yes, Kung
1: Fu February. We were thinking, how, how awesome would it be? To have a whole month to theme something, yeah, a whole month of martial arts, and we debated it, it. In, it, last in our year defense,
0: it, we considered black
1: exploitation, but we thought <laughs>
0: it might be in poor taste.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, we just it wouldn't in, in, in Black History Month in February that would sound odd that we start doing like exploitation movies. But but I uh, love myself some exploitation movies. But uh, we thought,
0: but kung fu, and he went good with February. Yeah, had a good play on words there. Yeah. So kung fu February. This is actually something we've brought up almost I think since the inception of the show Mm. so it's like the first year yeah but we never actually decided to do it but we decided to go full steam ahead and give it a (laughs) give it a full college college
1: try try, (laughs) as they say and yes that's what you got today ladies and gentlemen so uh so we
0: had the first ever kung fu installment into kung fu february yeah and then there was the big decision what were you going to do yeah
1: and we had, we had a lot of stuff in the, in the hopper and the crock pot. Yeah, box. we had to really
0: look at it and figure out what we wanted to do and um, weigh the pros and the cons. And because we're, you know, we're contemplating having Kung Fu February it'd be both episodes of February. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully everyone likes Kung Fu out there <laughs> and martial art movies. Um, the pilot for the show Kung Fu would have been a good one to think about. Yeah, that's Maybe true. Maybe we'll do that in the future. Yeah. Or they made like TV movies t- later, Kung Fu. Because I know like Brandon Lee stars in one as as maybe a young uh, Kwaai Chang Kane. Uh, Carradine. Yeah. Which was like a television movie made way after the series. And then, of course, there was Kung Fu the Legend. Continue. I was going to say, I was
1: big in. That was our generation. They were playing. Because I don't remember Kung Fu in syndication when we were little. I remember, though. Uh, and I think it's like the butt of jokes now that on like a Saturday afternoon on USA at noon, you'd watch all your cartoons. Yeah. And then at noon, you'd turn over on USA and they'd have kung fu movies on all afternoon.
0: Yeah. And people well, jumping off
1: mountains. I mean, like, it was like a lot of that Wu Tang crazy 70s. Sure, yeah. I mean, growing
0: know. up in Philadelphia. On the U and like I've discussed on many uh, episode, I, I didn't really have cable, so but I remember being either at my mom's house in Philadelphia or at my grandmother's house in Philadelphia on a weekend and Saturday or Sunday afternoons there being a lot of kung fu movies on one of the UHF channels. Yeah, so it was kind of always into that. Um, and then you know we were in the a- product of the eighties. Chuck Norris was huge, and, and Chuck the- Norris. I never really went through a huge Chuck Norris phase, but obviously always knew who Chuck Norris was. Yeah. And then you know, in American the, Ninja. <laughs> yeah, the American Ninja. Which his series? face was
1: huge. It's just as big for me as Chuck Norris. Was you had the American Ninja David Dudikov? Yeah,
0: Dudikov. Was that his, was David his first name? Or yeah. I, I don't know.
1: And they, you know, they, they, Michael, Michael Dudikov. Yeah, Michael Dudikov. We're off the we're off the cuff here <laughs> with the Dudikovs. <laughs> But that was, you know, that was very American centralized, where at the beginning he's like an American, so I haven't seen it since 85, but he's like an American soldier and he has to fight ninjas and he's a ninja himself. So, sure, gets gets the, you know, the American kid into like,
0: yeah. And then we were also the product of the Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme era of canon style, canon... uh, film style action martial arts movies yeah big
1: budget Seagal's had some that he was with Warner for a while so he had some hefty budgets there and the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies were you know even though some of them were canon you know by the time you get into the 90s and I mean you got some hefty they're not just b-movies anymore you know Time Cop I remember going to see that in the theater it oh, yeah. was amazing you know so it was like it's a hefty under siege right when Seagal hits his pinnacle peak kind of there uh, you know, who doesn't love some Mark to Death with schoolface? <laughs> you kill a white boy, hacha. But um, and I even took a keto for f- five or six years. I did a keto in high school. I of course, there was the Karate Kid. Karate Kid. I'm sure yeah. we talked about how the Karate Kid. On a little episode
0: we did last year <laughs> that introduced the whole generation of kids to the to the wonderful world of martial <laughs> arts. Yeah,
1: you know, and Bruce Lee was very iconic too for us growing up. You know, even, you know, yeah, he was always. I mean, he, I think he had a resurgence in the '90s popularity wise but I remember him always sure
0: you know. I mean yeah and eventually we will definitely do a Bruce Lee movie uh, on the show and I think that'll be a good time for us to really dive into the significance of Bruce Lee but sure I mean I think for me other than knowing who he was probably my introduction to him was a movie that I still love to this day and watch dragon the Bruce Lee story oh yeah yeah when that came out in that early that's early 90s early yeah. to mid 90s and then I and then I dove into a huge Bruce Lee kick in my in like middle school right around the time whenever the year that came out that was about middle school yeah then I got way into Bruce Lee and um, you know he didn't make that many movies obviously uh, but through that got into more of the traditional Hong Kong. Kung Fu martial art
1: movies. Yeah, I'd seen him first. Batman, when Batman the movie came out in '89, they started syndicating Batman the '66 show. Oh yeah, on, on maybe Channel 11, WPIX near or
0: whatever. You played Kato on Green Hornet. Yeah,
1: so that's how I, for my first introduction was him was through Kato on, on Green Hornet because I saw him on the Batman, and then you know I, my local video store had some of the old Green Hornet shows, and then with the Bruce Lee movie coming out, the, the drat, what is it, Last Dragon?
0: enter the dragon
1: no the game the, of death the, the bio the biopic oh uh,
0: dragon just dragon dragon okay for yeah because yeah.
1: yeah. that guy when I, when I was little i thought he was incredible for some reason when i was little i could, I, I thought that he was in, indistinguishable like Jason he was so Scott good yeah. yeah you know and then of course you know brandon lee was huge in the 90s up until him passing through in the well Crow, yeah i mean he
0: was riding you know? that wave of seagull and uh and van damme yeah i mean there's there's no bigger fan of rapid-fire than this guy right yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> what's your line? And I'm pointing at myself, not to de- you. <laughs> nice doing business with you. Hey, f- nice doing business with you, Frank. Yeah, Frank, nice doing business with you. Hey, Frank, nice doing business with you.
1: That's uh, See, there's, there's these lines that Blake would say through our friendship that I haven't even seen the <laughs> movie still that I just know offhand. Oh, that's uh, the movie that Blake says, the guy says, uh, Frank, nice doing business with I you. I love Brandon
0: Lee. And I got to talk a little bit to, I think I discussed this on a previous episode. I was at dinner with Christopher Young, the composer. He's featured in my book, "Score to Death Conversations, with some of Horace Grace composers. Uh, he did the music for that movie. Yeah. And we were having dinner, and I was like, you know, Chris, you did the music for one of my favorite movies. And I'm sure he was going to think, he was thinking I was going to say Hellraiser or, <laughs> uh, you know... the so many of the great movies and i said rapid fire he's like really <laughs> you like that movie and i was like i love that movie and i love the soundtrack he's like oh thanks um and uh he said at the premiere after the at the premiere after the after they screened the movie um after the screening brandon lee came up to him and said you know chris i just want to thank you for making me seem like a much better actor wow. <laughs> than i really am with with your music
1: isn't that a nice compliment yeah so uh who plays the heavy in that is that like franklin Jella or somebody like a uh trying
0: to think i feel like the there's the an older guy. he teams up with powers booth wow that's a team up <laughs> who plays a cop yeah there's a female actress whose name escapes me now who uh, i've always had a little bit of a crush on so he's also in leatherface Texas Chainsaw Master Three Viggo Mortensen, <laughs> yeah, she's okay. in that. Um, and is Ernest Borgnine in that? Because in a no, he's in Laser Mission.
1: Oh, at yes, least that's at yeah. least that's a title. Of yeah, that, movie. yeah okay. that might have more than one title. <laughs> <laughs> right there, that sounds amazing.
0: And of course, the Showdown in Little Tokyo, yeah, and Dolph Lundgren.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I and I when crew crew uh, clue clue when the Crow came out, that was huge. I was huge into that soundtrack. I mean, yeah, I was yeah. you know. I was one of those kids riding the way I love Stone Temple Pilots at the time. And, you know, people did.
0: I'd never read the comic book, but at the time, but I was way into comic books and I was way into Brandon Lee because of Rapid Fire. And so I was really excited that he was going to be, when you hear the news, and it wasn't like the internet was around back then. Of course,
1: yeah. So you might Prodigy. hear it like on <laughs> Entertainment
0: Tonight or... In the trades. You know, <laughs> in a trade, field, you'd be at, the, at school, at the library, flipping around like an Entertainment Weekly or something. Yeah.
1: Stealing but I remember
0: hearing that he was going to be in it and being excited that it was like a comic book movie starring Brandon Lee. And then, of course, we all know what happens and we'll get into that at some at some time ta- some yeah, point i predict we may do the crow at some point
1: <clears throat> yeah the significance of i mean that had everything going in the mid-90s that's just a, a nice 90s little present with a bow on it all that stuff in the-
0: but so our generation i think was exposed to martial arts cinema in a way that other generations weren't because of the films and the action stars that we just mentioned and also home video was a big thing you yeah. know like sure like 70s went through a huge kung fu thing in, even in america bruce lee was a huge star even here um right. They black exploitation movies about
1: it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. it was a
0: big there was a big thing, and then of course then they started airing them on television and stuff.
1: But ours seemed kind of Americanized. When you get into the eighties, it becomes it was definitely like, like
0: Caucasian a, yeah. faced. You know, it was definitely an Americanized, ver- Americanized version of that. By the time we get into um, it, so I think our generation of American viewers uh, like Dion and I, I think our our exposure to those to martial art movies was a unique one compared wow. to other generations in that you're right we were getting the American Ninja and even like Revenge of the Ninja and the, even those kind of things like those had white people yeah <laughs> you know in them and then you know with that riding that wave of like medium budget action movies that yeah. became so popular because of the video market um, but then you get in uh, the action movie craze. Sure, yeah. Uh, but uh, with all that, you know, Jackie Chan didn't. Even though his career started like in the early seventies, uh, really late seventies, as like an as an action uh, lead, yeah, as like a lead. But his career even started in the sixties as like a kid actor, but. Uh, even though he had all this, and he had made a couple, a handful of American movies in the early '80s, and that's what I knew him from because I'm growing up, I was a huge
1: fan of Smoking the Bandit, and then you know the, both Cannibal Runs were out at that time, so I first saw him. <laughs> and then, in, if you know Cannibal Run at the beginning of it, he's on in a Chinese or he's on a game show or a talk show in Hong Kong talking about yeah. going America to do Cannibal Run, and his partner in Cannibal Run is what's his face Jaws.
0: The actor yeah, who plays,
1: yeah. um, I forget his darn name, from James Bond films. And they had the, the crazy car that was, I mean, it was very stereotypical now. But it's like they had like the uh, you know the very high-tech, sporty car that can go underwater and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And when they're inside of it, you couldn't see out because it was like a tank. And they're like, yeah. you know, all kind of like, computers <laughs> and stuff, you know, like that. So that was my first foray, foray June foray into that. Yeah. And seeing Jackie then. So then... When he comes around in the early 90s. So Jackie, even though he had
0: decades of success uh, overseas and attempted an American career in the early 80s, uh, he doesn't really make a splash, and most Americans don't really notice him until the mid-90s. And also, to to put a hammer on that, I
1: think one of the big reasons for that is, you look at those movies he's in, The Cannonball Runs, is a freaking, one of the last team-ups of, you know, have everybody, the whole phone book's in that movie. You, yeah, have, yeah. you know, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, you have Burt Reynolds, you have Burt Reynolds's crew, Dom DeLuise, you have, you know, Jack Elab, you have so many people. Of course you're gonna lose Jackie Chan, and a, a, a relatively unknown, yeah. you know, uh, Asian actor, you know what I mean? So you're, gonna yeah. be, you're looking at everybody, Burt and, you know, Dean Martin, Sammy David, <laughs> Dean, doing schtick, you know, and all the girls, you know, Adrian Barbeau and all those girls, you know, so it's like,
0: of course he's gonna get lost in the fray. So in a lot of uh, ways... Uh, American audiences, and uh, the majority of people I think our age, uh, we really don't get a proper introduction into the wonderful world of uh, Disney. Of, <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> of Jackie Chan's abilities. No. Until 1995's, when they decide to release Rumble in the Bronx worldwide. Yeah. Uh, not just in China. And then that becomes a bit of a cult hit. But going into the quick, I think, setting of the table of Jackie Chan, because uh, as we lead into the movie, his real name is Chan Quing Sang. Yep. He was born to some poor parents who were a cook and a maid. And so poor, in fact, that they had considered selling Jackie as a baby to a British doctor for the equivalent of $200. But they ultimately didn't. And that's – he's born in, what, 54, I think, right? Yeah. And uh, – but they don't. And luckily, they end up finding jobs. I think they work at, like, an embassy or something, you know, as, you know, just help staff. Like I she said, she's a maid. He's, yeah, like in a consulate. He's a cook. So he ends up growing up the only child to these parents that are working nonstop to provide food
1: and shelter but he's living within he's living within the the confines of the embassy or the consulate or whatever
0: but his- he ends up kind of being left up to his own devices he's a chubby a kid uh he was made fun of a lot because of his nose and he so he picked a lot of fights um was for the most part left unsupervised and would kind of roam the streets with other kids and china uh and so he was like a little bit of a troublemaker but eventually and pretty young i mean he's it's it's weird to to read like that about him, and then find out when he enters the Chinese Opera Research Institute, which some which some places kind of some sources call it the the Peking Opera School, uh, which really the Chinese Opera Research Institute was kind of Hong Kong's version of the Peking Opera School. He's only like six and a half.
1: <laughs> yeah, he. His, fa- his parents give him the nickname in the Chinese equivalent of Cannonball because he's always has all this energy and he's always rolling around and doing crazy stuff. And to get this right off the top, if you want to just be completely embarrassed and feel like you have, you know, you think you've done a lot in your life – you go look at Jackie Chan's bio <laughs> and you just realize you're a complete failure because Jackie Chan has done it everything and he's done it like twice or four times. And then he's, you look at the adversity he's coming out of. Yeah. You know, almost a third world country here. And he's able to, to, he's, to in my personal opinion, I think he's succeeded. <laughs> I think, mean, you know, yeah, I mean? yeah. I you mean, to not only transcend <clears throat> and make it in the Chinese. Uh, Eastern market of Asia and all that, you know, in India and all in Japan and all that. He's then eventually he's able to still break into the Western and people know who he is. It's just amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, at six and a half years old he enters, uh, it's in the early 60s, he enters the, uh, like I said, the Chinese opera research it's to basically like his parents didn't really know what to do with him. Um, And so there was this opera school where you could he could learn a trade learn many things everything from you know acting uh singing dancing mime acrobatics and martial arts and so i think eventually he started going just like once or twice a week and then they and then the school asks him and his parents like we can enroll him in the school for like three years four years up to like 10 years like a a 10 year education exposed to the arts and uh He doesn't know any better. He's a little kid. And he's like, I like coming this once or twice a week. So they enter him for 10 years into the school. Now, right around that time, his parents end up getting offered pretty lucrative jobs considering, you know, comparatively in, like, the Chinese embassy in, like, Australia or something. they'd have to move. So they basically leave. They have to. They leave because they need to take the work. But they leave. And there's no place for him like within the embassy to live. There's no child there's no like uh structure or program for like the children of the people that work within the embassy. So they end up leaving Jackie
1: at the school. And that's not an uncommon thing back then. I mean you had that a lot in America in the twenties and thirties. You'd go to a boarding school or something or you go stay you know, your 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 parents couldn't take care of you so you go stay with a relative. So as weird as that sounds now, yeah. you know, that you, you have to take the opportunity when, you know, you have to, he's, they know he's going to be okay. I mean, ultimately
0: cool. it's in an effort to provide a better life for him in the long run. Yeah. Even though he's little and obviously like it could be, that's kind of traumatic, but they end up scrounging enough money that when he leaves 10 years later, they buy him a house. Like, yeah. they, they saved up to, to be a lot able... Of, yeah, that's a lot of money. You know, and, and even though, and we'll get into, like, the school itself, but he, everything Jackie learned in the school is what made him Jackie Chan. But uh, he spent 10 years there, and it was, by all accounts, both him and Sammo Hung, who is another martial arts uh, kind of action star they were in there together. It was hell. I mean, it was a very regimented program, uh, physical abuse in terms of, uh, both punishment and disciplinary stuff. And was, was very common and they would get hit everywhere. You know, the face, you know, whatnot. They would have to do things like do a headstand for like eight hours or stand in like the horse stance for like down kind of in a, as a, as a punishment of yeah, yeah, as a yeah. punishment and also kind of as training, and they see that's that right there. That's the difference between American, <laughs> Western, Eastern
1: cultures. So back when I was little, they stick me in a corner and they have you look yeah. at the corner for. T- in China, they're they're making the kids sit on a headstand. Yeah, they like have the, to do uh, that like the horse dance, dog, <laughs> the house
0: horse stands with like their. Feet out really wide and kind of in a in a squatting position, but all but put their hands out and hold like a bowl of water out in front of them with their arms extended. And then if if they spilled the water, then they would get fucking beaten. Um, Someone's watching too. <laughs> uh, uh, so it was uh, not a great existence. They the, all the kids that lived there slept on like basically a filthy rug. That you know Jackie says that you undoubtedly like the kids and people would, had pissed on it and dogs had pissed on it, but they all slept on it. They, all these kids shared one blanket uh, between them. Uh, and he was there with Samo Hung and another person that became an action star. And they all made movies together in the 80s, uh, U.N. Bio. Um But early on, Jackie started to love movies and a director came to the school looking for young talent. And so, for some reason, Jackie got picked. And so, Jackie ends up, before we even know who he is in the 70s or whatever, Jackie ends up appearing kind of as a child in, like, over 20 films in China. He says, like, he doesn't even think exist anymore. He would love to see them. Yeah. But they don't really exist. And and as he gets older into a teens, he starts doing some stunt work. Because, again, all this training. And they, they would train from morning to sometimes till midnight. They're making ninjas. <laughs> Basically, and uh, so it was a very tough program. But he ended up. It was also scene training. Like he had all kinds of diverse yeah. Very diverse, like dance. It and- wasn't just like martial arts and yeah.
1: acrobatics. It's not like freaking. What's his face? Is Doctor Hans Island and
0: <laughs> <laughs> In, uh, Enter the Dragon? You <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Uh, and then as he becomes a teen, he starts, ends up getting some stunt <clears> work <throat> while he's still at the school. Uh, and the school he loved doing it because the days he got to work which was acting. He liked doing that, but he also got to sleep in comparatively <laughs> because he didn't have to go to classes or yeah. whatever or lessons. Uh, it's a hard at, life. And at the same time, he wasn't really getting any kind of formal education. They would have like math and stuff like that, but usually the st- on, on certain days of the week, but usually the kids were so exhausted from the physical training they were doing the other days that they would basically sleep through all those classes. Like they couldn't stay awake. So all these kids are learning all the all these crafts. Yeah. Uh in performance and martial arts and all this stuff. But they're not like most of them didn't even really know how to read. Yeah, they the theory. And that's uh, one of
1: his he says that's one of his um uh regrets is that he didn't have that
0: kind of yeah. formal education.
1: But I mean he got the best he could at the
0: time. So he loved to, acting because it was kind of a break from the, like the hell that was school, and at the same time, the school loved him acting because they got they got his money. And when he got into his teenage years and he was starting to do stunt work, he would get like seventy five dollars a day or whatever. I think it's like the equivalent of seventy five dollars a day, which was a lot of money. Was that yen back then, maybe too. So yeah, was, yeah, but I don't know what the yeah the exchange rate was in nineteen sixty two. So, but he would have to give that to his the school, the, his master or whatever at yeah. the school, and maybe sometimes the, his master would give him a dollar out of that. And he, which Jackie was poor, so a dollar was a lot of money. But think about like the schools profiting, making most of the money off of his talent, and, and it's the ti- It's a
1: time period where you see. We talked about that when we talk about Bruce Lee. You and I, where it's like you know, Hong Kong or these these cities post World War II, is just there's such poverty. Yeah. There's gangs of kids on the streets. There's not a lot of opportunity for anybody. There's that's why you know um, the Chinese government starts regulating how many kids you could have come in the 70s and 80s because there's too many people around. And so, what kind of opportunities is he going to have if he's you know? There used to be things where we heard that you know if Bruce Lee was fighting, uh, doing a scene on the street. He'd have to watch out because people would come up and openly challenge him. Yeah. Because people are looking to just get ahead, and the why best way to get ahead is try to knock out Bruce Lee. <laughs> so what they do, they come and like step on his foot. Yeah. You know, they try to like soil his shoe, and then that's like a challenge. So it's like you can, you know, what's what's he gonna do if he doesn't stay in this school? Poor jacket, you know. Yeah, but you know, he ends up. Uh, but he yeah. ends up. He become a construction worker for a little while, and that's where he meets a guy Jack, that uh, that kind of. Um, uh trains him a little bit and then they ca- they start calling him young jack and then jackie and that's kind of where he gets develops the name for the jackie chan you know what what ends yeah. up adopting his stage name when he's doing this manual labor for a little while because i think he tries to give up or he's just really frustrated yeah. with where
0: everything's going but ultimately his career in films hap- really begins after <clears throat> his 10-year stint at the school and he ends up working as a stuntman in in kind of Hong Kong action cinema. He's not
1: even billed Jackie Chan yet. He's,
0: he's still Yeah. Using another and game. this is... Uh, he was good at it because all the training in the school. He had the, the physicality of it all, but also because of the regimented programs. He was a quick learner. Like, he could pick up the choreography or whatever. He was able to do it. And also, like, in a really shitty way. Like, he talks about how, as a kid being in that, and you would get beaten all the time. Like, you just kind of have to learn how to ignore the pain of it.
1: Oh, yeah, the abuse and just develop a kind of...
0: (laughs) He ends up being very good at it because... He can take a beating. Because he can take a beating. (laughs) And, you know, that's something that we see in the the outtakes of his movies, you know, uh, throughout his career. Uh, And he ends up being a stuntman on some very important Hong Kong films like Fist of Fury with Bruce Lee and then later Enter the Dragon. Yeah. And... Jackie, even though his kind of his plan was to just be a stuntman, you know, secretly he wanted to be a star. So he would watch he would when they were on set. He would watch Bruce Lee very carefully and try to figure out like what is it about Bruce Lee that makes him successful? Like why is Bruce Lee such a star? And ultimately, he figured out that what's what works best about Bruce Lee is that he's totally honest. Like his, the the martial arts that he's using, which is, you know, uh, Jeet Kune Do, which (laughs) it was a martial art that he created. But his persona on film and the way he presented on film was totally true to who he really was. He was that person off camera. He wasn't like a jokester. He wasn't, didn't, you know, he wasn't, didn't laugh a lot. He was a pretty serious person. Took everything really, took his art really seriously. And so his persona on both film and off camera was true to that person to him and the way he presented his martial arts were true to his kind of ideologies of martial arts and so it's what jackie which what jackie takes that lesson and why he doesn't become a success until he's given that chance to be that for himself yeah because in the beginning jackie chan is the product of what happened after bruce lee died which was There was a hole in the Hong Kong action market. Bruce Lee was such a phenomenal success. That Enter the Dragon ends up being like a co production with America.
1: Yeah, it was going to be this lucrative. It's the first, yeah, it's like the first. That's Warner Brothers. It's the first, like, American funded uh, martial arts movie. And uh, I'm sure that was going to open the door to bigger and better things. So, just like we've
0: talked about on the show, on this show, many times with films like Zombie, Lucio Fulci's Zombie. uh, you know like like the ripoff market the, the mock buster <laughs> well, you have you have like Dawn of the Dead you know, you're saying ca- capitalizing you know capitalizing <sighs> squeezing every drop you can get out of something yeah. that's successful so when we did when we covered zombie we uh, Lucio Fulci Zombie we talked about how in Italy that's called Zombie 2 because it is an unofficial sequel to Romero's Dawn of the Dead which came out which here was, which was called Zombie There yeah uh, which Dario Argento produced, like the the European oh, cut of yeah. that movie, and, and that and spawns
1: it. this whole subgenre market over there. Of, yeah, of, of horror, zombie so, like, horror.
0: That is like they tried to, you know, Dawn of the Dead. The success of Dawn of the Dead spawned a million zombie movies yeah. in
1: Italy, and then post-apocalyptic. We have that with the Mad Mad, Mad Max,
0: Max and Escape from New York. Spawn a million of those kinds of movies in Italy, uh, like Alien. Yeah, Ridley Scott's Alien. Before Aliens was yeah. made, Alien has a sequ has a sequel in Italy. Yeah, <laughs> Alien Two. <laughs> you know, there's an, a there's an Italian sequel to Alien. Uh, so very much in that vein. Uh, it's funny too, because when we were little, we used to remember we y-
1: y- you're you're a you know you're a hapless kid. You rent these things and you're like oh it's a sequel and then you're like. <laughs> How is this even, like, with Zombie, we're like, how is this a sequel to Dawn of the Dead? They're on an island. It's voodoo, you know, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. so funny that, you know, you don't realize it's... Maybe that one shot at the end of the movie. Oh, them crossing the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs>
0: it's like that. Okay, like, that's kind of... It's america Yeah, yeah. And that's in America. So it's
1: funny, yeah, you think of all these other movies that are, like, the unofficial sequels. So with Bruce Lee <laughs> uh, passing... They need to fill that market. So they end and they up started trading. doing, remember that? They started doing like even fake, they had Bruce, it wasn't even Bruce Lee in the movies. Well, yeah. Well, and well, they're putting
0: pictures on it. Putting, they're putting photos on well, actors' even, faces. Even Game of Death <laughs> yeah, uh, features a Bruce Lee lookalike with sometimes a really horrible, like, Bruce Lee matted over his face. That's, you know, that's like officially Bruce Lee's last movie. And then you and I once rented Game of Death 2. Yeah. And we're like, what the hell? (laughs) And that movie opens with, like, the Bruce Lee character getting killed and then features actual footage of of his his funeral with, like, a dead Bruce
1: Lee in a casket. Yeah, it it starts off with the 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 behind-the-scenes of the Chuck Norris-Bruce Lee fight at the (laughs) Roman Coliseum. And we're like, wow, did they really shoot? And then... They had footage of Bruce Lee doing something. I remember there's like a glass menagerie he's in or something, and it's actually him. It's like a
0: glass coffin, yeah. And no, carrying... but I mean,
1: he's still alive for like one scene, oh, and yeah. then he, he gets killed in the movie. And then, yeah, and then they cut to like actual footage of Steve McQueen, Jason, uh <laughs> or, or, what's his face? Uh, not Robarts. I can never remember his name. Col- James Colburn carrying yeah, his yeah. casket. And then there's, remember, in, in, doesn't it in the plot of the movie, there's like a helicopter come and shoot up the funeral? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, totally <laughs> in poor taste.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like... But they had, yeah, footage of... And you're right. They had a glass coffin that, that Bruce Lee's actual body was in. Yeah.
0: So, uh, <laughs> I so mean, they, I they were capitalizing off anything they could. I think a lot of people of our generation, and it's someone you don't he- ever hear about anymore, at least I don't, but you would always see in the video store Bruce Lai. Yeah. L-I. Yeah. <laughs> a ton of his movies. That or he- L-E-I. <laughs> I've seen that before. Yeah. So there's all these... The, you know bruce lee style action movies which were basically like them trying to fill that hole with, with almost uh, carbon copy lookalikes yeah and yeah. some and some <coughs> of them were great i mean yeah. Sonny chiba comes out of that uh and i'm a huge fan of Sonny chiba but like the street fighter movies and stuff that comes out of this longingness to fill some kind of hole that bruce lee left and jackie Chan. The beginning of his career is also that he gets cast. Well, he's also he's he's
1: he's a train. He's almost a black belt in karate, judo, taekwondo, and jingkundo too. And then he learns um, hapkindo later on. So he he, he's it's it's almost like with his training, this is a perfect you know the physicality of it.
0: So he gets cast in 1976, New Fist of Fury, which is a sequel to Fist of Fury, uh, which failed. And uh, they were really trying to push and, and market Jackie as the next Bruce Lee, um, but all those films that Jackie starred in, where he was being pushed, hailed and pushed as the next Bruce Lee, didn't do well. Uh, Snake in the in the Eagle's Shadow in '78 is the first time he gets a chance to be funny. Um, so he makes a number one, uh, makes a few of these films like New Fist of Fury, where he's just being put into that mold that Bruce Lee mold, playing that Bruce Lee character. But he's frustrated,
1: too, with his career. And that's this might be around the time where he becomes the construction worker just trying to make money. Yeah. But also, he stars in one or two adult films where he does nude scenes where I don't know if there's sex scenes or whatever, but, you know, Jackie gets naked, and this is a thing you had to do back then. Yeah. You know, so, you know, he's trying to find he's – he's just trying to make it <laughs> in that crazy world. Yeah, well, you know, it's a tough – Acting's a tough business, and then you look at the odds. It's like just forget about us trying to make it as an actor. Then you put yourself in freaking like Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean, like you know, and you're you know when you're literally a dime a dozen there. There's th- hundreds and pound thousands of people just like you, worse or better ability. Yeah, that yeah. are all vying for just a piece of bread. You know, so
0: um, Jackie's film career is not adversity. going go, going so great.
1: Yeah, um, but he he kind of gets well enough of a mark. So by the Eighty, eighty-one. When he's in Cannonball Run, yeah, well, they showcase ha- him a little bit well, doing what, martial arts. What
0: happens is, miraculously, he gets teamed up to do a couple of movies with Yuan Woo Ping, who ends up becoming popular here in America due to he that he choreographed Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and then The Matrix. But Yuan Woo Ping was a director in China, and he teams up with yuan wu-ping in 1978 to do Snake in the Eagle's Shadow. And in this film he ends up being able to convince yuan wu-ping like let me do my own thing. Like let me you know Bruce Lee is the hero. Uh he can't get hurt, you know. He's like let me let me show you what I mean and and so with that film he gets to start being funny. Jackie Chan's always thing is like the other people they're invincible whereas like if I punch somebody like oh like I hurt my hand yeah, yeah. you know like Jackie gets hurt that Jackie's character so he yeah. ends up that this and the end he ends up being really successful with Snake in the Eagle Shadow that movie ends up making a lot of money and then that ends up giving uh Jackie the freedom to do it again and it also spawns like the comedic kung fu subgenre. Yeah. And so then they team up again immediately. Comes out in the same year with the film Drunken Master. And the success of Drunken Master is what kind of propels Jackie into like mainstream success in China. But it's all like he was saying with Bruce Lee Bruce Lee was true to him. The characters he played on screen were true to him. This was Yuan Wu Ping was giving him the chance to do that for himself, which was he wasn't Bruce Lee, he was Jackie Chan. So those films get to showcase. Those films get to showcase like Jackie in his purest form for the first time, which is that he is a funny guy. And like what he can do uh, physically is amazing, but he gets to showcase his loves for American film stars like Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd and Charlie Chaplin, people that are using the that were best known in uh, in American cinema during their silent eras, which their comedy all derived from. Physicality, physicality.
1: Yeah. So, and that goes back (coughs) with the Chinese. We talked about was it in Mad Love? You dropped some knowledge on us talking about why Harold Lloyd's style. I mean, our a huge market in the silent era for us was exporting it to other countries because since you didn't need to sub, you didn't didn't have to dub it. It worked, you know, seamlessly. So, a lot of our cinema in Asia was huge in the teens and twenties. So, of course, they were exposed. Yeah, I
0: think we were talking about with Harold Lloyd. Like, if you see. Like in old films and stuff and, and old things of like the stereotypical Asian Yeah, the, person, in, the, in the 20s into the 30s. They had these little round glasses. And that wasn't an Asian thing. They adopted that because of Harold Lloyd. Because of how successful Harold Lloyd was. Popular, yeah, yeah. It, 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 he ended up starting a fashion create. A, a
1: trend <laughs> in, in, in China. And then that became so much so it became a... Uh,
0: Almost a... Uh, we think of it as a, you know, at least for generations. Like a stereotype. Yeah, it became a stereo a Chinese stereotype. But that all started because of Amer- because of Harold Lloyd and here in
1: America. The popularity of these physical... And, and people like a Harold Lloyd, like a Buster Keaton, particularly Jackie Chan cites the general Buster Keaton's film, and Charlie Chan... Charlie Chan... Um, Charlie Chaplin. The physicality of these guys, uh, the amazing thing these guys are doing, you know, uh, doing all their own stunts, doing very physical things, doing stuff that you it's basically what jackie chan's doing 60 years 50 years later minus yeah. the martial art aspect yeah. but it's just as physical running up walls jumping on cars doing you know hanging sure. precariously. and there are a
0: lot of very specific homages to all that stuff in some of jackie's movies yeah uh but uh, the success of drunken master ends up propelling him into kind of mainstream success and though he still keeps on making movies in asia in the early 80s he wants to make a mark in in the U.S. So he comes to America. He makes the big bra in 1980, which fails. Um, but, you know, his American management or whatever at the time like, you know, maybe you're not right for like to carry a movie. Why don't we try you like in a smaller part and something? And that's where we get Cannonball Run in 81. And then he tries to do in 85. He tries to do The Protector, mm-hmm. which again fails. But Jackie ends up recutting that movie for the Chinese release. And he ends up later uh, that year, comes out the same year, because he really disliked working on The Protector. uh, It just was not... He could see that it wasn't going to be a good Jackie Chan movie. Like, he could see... So he ends up making police... He directs Police Story. It comes out the same year. And China's kind of his... (coughs) As kind of his uh, answer to that. Like, his... Police story is very much like his American action. The, Amer- the American style action movie he wanted to make. That it's he was an to, story. Yeah. Which now, even I think just a se- another sequel of that movie just came out like last year. Yeah, it <laughs> like, became so influential. Uh, but at the same time that he's failing in America, he's still doing really well in China. He makes Young Master in 1980, which is fucking awesome. And uh, that film was so successful that it breaks bruce lee's box office records in terms of success uh he starts a pop career around 1982 he starts well yeah well 1980 he sings he sings this he sings the song at the end credits called like uh what's the name of the song uh kung fu fighting man he sings the song at the end credits and he ends up becoming a a pop singer off of that he ends up singing theme songs for many of his own movies including and other movies yeah And then releases a bunch of albums. He'll sometimes do the, the, like for
1: Disney movies, for Milan, he did the, he might have sang the song and did the... uh, He did the the voice of one of the characters
0: for the Chinese release. And
1: also he speaks like nine different languages. He speaks like Cantonese, he speaks Mandarin, he speaks German, he speaks uh, English, he speaks... um, Japanese, he's made and, speak... Uh, and
0: apparently American Sign American Language. American
1: Sign Language, so it's like, so he is able to, I mean, that is alone is an accomplishment. And he's And then he's singing in all these different languages, and he's doing things like that. One of the other things he took he said from Cannibal Run 2 is he liked the credits, how they were yeah. put in the... And that's a big thing he in the later He liked the end credits, movies. there was
0: like the outtakes. So yeah. he, he really liked that. So that's how... And
1: that's some of the most classic like, outtakes ever in the Cannibal Run, in like Spoken Demon
0: 2 movies, so... So that becomes the Jackie Chan trademark, Is show the outtakes of the movie during the end, credits. breaking things. I remember going to see a Jackie Chan movie, an American release of a Jackie Chan movie. If he plays twins in it, I want to say maybe the American title is like Twin Dragons or something. It's like one of those mistaken identity Jean Claude Van Damme style. They couldn't get Jean Claude,
1: <laughs> bring Jackie in. Jackie. Will
0: one of one of his twins is a uh, is like a concert violinist. And they get like, you get, like, one really shaky establishing shot of Lincoln Center that somebody just, like, grabbed really quick. Yeah, they had no permit. But I remember seeing that at the movies, and uh, the credits start, and there's no outtakes. And the only other people in the theater was, like, this group of four younger guys. And there was one of them. One of them was like you could you could kind of hear him, and they're leaving. And he won't leave. He keeps on. watching. He's like, "No, I'm telling you, there's gonna be outtakes." <laughs> He's really waiting for the outtakes, and they don't. That movie, at least the American release, didn't have outtakes. I'll always remember that. That one kid was really holding out for, for the outtakes. Uh, but so he does. Uh, Young Master, 1982. He does Dragon Lord, which is the movie that he starts to do these elaborate action scenes, which he becomes known for these crazy stunt action scenes. Um, and he kind of develops a troop, doesn't he? Of, of yeah. Well, and, he uh, ends up starting to create his own troop. He ends up, he teams up with Sam Hung and UN Bayo who were, we mentioned were fellow students at the school. Uh, Same hung in. Didn't he have like a TV show here? Yeah, he might have. He was like a. Co- he was like the partner. Or something. Yeah, yeah. And the like one of those syndicated. And they do Project A in eighty three, which is amazing. They do Wheels on Meals, uh, which is kind of more, even more geared towards comedy, if I recall correctly. Police Store in eighty five is a huge success. Like we said, it's Jackie's kind of his. His U.S. action film, the one he wanted to make with The Protector, uh, that becomes a huge success. But he, you know, he plays a cop. It's getting away from like the martial art period, you know, style. But he, and he's also at the time he's he's keeping. Um he has a
1: kind of a goal of how he wants his career to go because he's being offered a lot of villain roles or he's yeah. turning it down because he doesn't want to get typecast.
0: Well, he starts a lot, of, especially in America, they start offering him the kinds of things that are going against what he wants to project as a star. He makes uh, 86, big success. He makes Armor of God, which uh, is kind of his Indiana Jones style, uh, even though I think it's more contemporary, if I recall correctly. Uh, but like to your to what you were saying, like he was offered the role of Simon Phoenix in Demolition Mask, Stallone offered him the Wesley Snipes part, but he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to play the bad guy. He had a very, he was very smart. He was a very smart businessman in that he wanted to, he was creating a persona and he wanted to continue that. He felt like that was going to be his success was being Jackie Chan. Even
1: in the Rush Hour movies, he gets them to take fuck out. You know, he's sort yeah. of, he has an idea of, how he wants, you know, these movies to be portrayed and he's trying to get I guess not pandered, but he's trying to curtail him to like a child or you know yeah. he's trying to be like a role model. You know I
0: mean he's this smart guy. I mean he's an entrepreneur. I mean he's he has a lot of different businesses in China and in Hong Kong. I mean he's a mega superstar, not just as a pop star, which is something Obviously, we just, Dion brought up and we just talked a bit about, but like that's something you can't ignore. Just because we don't know him that way here, he's a huge pop star there, but he also has like a line of, if I recall correctly, this is not something I found in the research, but just something I kind of remember that he has like a line of like T. Like a tea shop franchise there. <laughs> yeah, he has a
1: fast food. He has he has a he has a couple places that I think they're going to try to open one in Vegas, but he's got a couple. Of, uh, I forget that they are, but they're like fast food kind of places. He has a, his own clothing line. Uh, he has a um, he sits on the board of like a uh, uh, a college, but one of those like tech schools, like a trade vocation school. Yeah, you know he 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 has a lot of honorary awards and he's always involved with trying to do. Um, now, like, he's very th- uh, philanthropic. Yeah. He loves doing, like, um, raising money for disaster relief and only like, donating part of his salary to help this or that, you know. Um,
0: uh, and so, 95, uh, Rumble of the Bronx gets released here. The success of that movie here, even though it wasn't a colossal success, but made enough money and gained enough of a following that they decided to... In 96, they released Supercop, which is actually Police Story 3. Yeah. Supercop. It's the third installment into the Police Story now, do, series. Do you
1: think around that time in the... in Because the, when we end up getting to the movie we're going to do tonight, uh, you know, we have the 90s and the 90s are the 90s. And, you know, at the time it was a really weird melting pot of stuff coming out. And like, you remember, we had a lot of like video game type kind of movies.
0: Yeah. Out. You get like Super Mario. Yeah. Brothers, Mortal Double Kombat,
1: Dragon. Double Dragon. So I wonder if that popularity there with the physicality and that of kind of outlandishness of it also helps when, when they pop Rumble in the Bronx out, which I don't even know if it was even shot in America.
0: No, I think it's shot in like Vancouver.
1: Yeah. Where, you know, that is, I remember that coming on the map, you know, that wasn't a sleeper here. That kind of came out and was really good very quickly. And, yeah, and, yeah. and he was fresh on the scene. And it was one of those ex- where it's like, I don't know, at least for me, I did say I already have a history with him with Cannonball Run. But I always felt like he'd been there. I was like, oh, it's Jackie Chan's new movie. As yeah, opposed yeah. to like, who's this new guy, Jackie Chan? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like when Jet Li or um, Chow Yun-Fat came out, I kind of, well, oh, who are they? And, yeah, and yeah. I thought they were kind of coming out of the success that Jackie Chan, the door he opened here. You know, so but it was kinda like you, Yeah you know, yeah, so yeah. like the nineties had such a weird Yeah, it was a, yeah, you know? it oh. was
0: a weird time because also, you know, Chalion Fat makes it big here with I guess Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon.
1: Is that prior but, to But by the
0: time I had seen that I had seen like Hard Boiled and The Killer. Yeah. I think. So like I knew who Chalion Fat was and think I remember thinking it was weird that he was playing a martial artist. Is he the replacement killers is is that prior to Crouching Tiger? That might have been
1: before. You're right.
0: That because might have been before. We can't recall. You're right, the, because
1: he he comes out in that John Woo kind of. Yeah, you're right. He's not a martial artist as more as he's like a gun toting. It's funny
0: because cop. he ends up. He was never a martial artist. He was more of like, uh, like, like a tough said, guy. He was like a Clint Eastwood, a he Bruce was like Willis, a Dirty Harry, yeah. Bruce Willis,
1: no nonsense kind of a. And then they, you know, and then Jet Li comes <laughs> and then out, he, and
0: then he comes here to America, tries to do that, and fails, and so then he has to learn martial arts to become a to become a successful yeah. actor, and, and that's only what twenty years ago. So that's you know, but Jet Li definitely comes to America off the back, I think, of Jackie Chan. You know, yeah. with Lethal Weapon 4. Yeah. And then he makes a couple of the good kill, American the, the movies. Something
1: Killer, Killers, something. Killer. Romeo. Romeo Must Die. Must Die. Yeah, with What's-Her-Face in that. Aaliyah, I think. The, yeah. The girl passes away. He
0: makes a couple uh, of good ones. Uh, he makes one with Jason Statham. It's like a time travel movie or some shit. I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> his big one here that I like here, my favorite of his of Jet Li's movies, American movies, is the one with... Bob Hoskins. Oh, Unleashed! Unleashed. That's yeah, a, yeah that's amazing. Which that might one. be a British film, but yeah, uh, in terms of like a Western, is he in Hero? He is in Hero. I yeah. love yeah. Hero.
1: I I, saw, I haven't seen that recently, but when that came out, I loved how. Yeah, that was Yeah, yeah.
0: I saw Hero. I got a bootleg of Hero at a con, at like a convention, like like at least a year before it came out here in America. Yeah. And I remember a friend of ours uh me and Aaron watched it I was working someplace and I had to go in on a weekend and Aaron came (laughs) Aaron like drove me and instead of working we sat like in the conference room there and watched here (laughs) in the empty office (laughs) and then I was like well you know what it was I had to is that when you were working
1: up by the Mount Kisco Kisco,
0: you know what I was working it was just at the time where I was working was educational videos and I had to I, w- I was an editor, but I also had to do all the assistant editing work, like logging, which and- was like lo- loading and logging the footage, and doing all these exports. I had to do everything, so that's what it was. Is I had to go there, and there was all like that kind of stuff, like loading tapes, yeah. So it was stuff that took time, but took no... Like dumping footage onto yeah, like hard drives and yeah. stuff yeah, for the edit it, later. It was time-consuming, but took like no mental... Yeah, no <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. You know, uh, effort. So like we would sit there and watch it. I'd be like... And we'd pause it, and I'd go and like put the next tape in and hit load or whatever. And then we'd come back and we'd finish watching that. Uh, Hero was great. Um, I loved even... That uh, was Zhang Yimou, I think, directed that. Yeah, and then his next movie I liked even better, which was House of Flying Daggers. Which, yes. which actually has a little more of a connection to this movie, which we'll get to. Uh, but See, yeah, 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 it I, was a time Jackie Chan Rumble of the Bronx. I think you're right. Came at the right time. Ninja you know? Turtles were kind of like
1: on still on the horizon with those kind of movies. And, and right
0: around that time, I remember you know the MTV Awards. I don't know it was the Movie Awards would give. Uh, like the well. Lifetime Achievement Award to like weird people, like Chewbacca yeah. or like Clint Howard. One time got it, sweet. And they kept on talking about like Clint, 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 and everybody thought the people talking about Clint was good. They were talking about Clint Eastwood. And then they gave it to Clint, <laughs> Clint Howard. That's sweet. But I remember specifically that might have must have been when we were in college because I didn't have uh. So I guess it was a little after Rumble in the Bronx, but it's a, I remember seeing footage of it that I, to my recollection, Quentin Tarantino's there and gives it to Jackie Chan. The life pub. and that was like a popcorn. big deal. And it was before Jackie Chan. It was before like Rush Hour and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was he was talking about all the great movies that weren't released here yet. Like people, we knew who he was because of Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah, but like we didn't know all the other shit yet um, here in America. See,
1: I've always tended to uh, like. The Crouching Tiger stuff with the wire works. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the more Jackie Chan, what he, the, you know, his style of fighting where you don't use, you don't rely too much on wire or foo, as they call it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that's where you get into some of the amazing stuff that you see going back to the silent cinema. The and stuff I would imagine,
0: you know, there's, as we get into the movie we're talking about tonight, there was a lot of friction between him and the director because the director wanted to do more wire stuff <clears> and Jackie didn't. But there has to be, he has to – there has to be wires in this movie. It's just that it's used – there must be, like – The safety. If you're going to use it, I think it's it's used in the right way, which is, like, just to push it to being amazing. Yeah. To make it, like, something that would look ordinary look extraordinary as opposed to fantastic. You know, in terms of not fantastic and, like, great – but like fantastical in the fantasy. Like, you know where they're, I mean? yeah, where they're,
1: they're like running across the grass or like yeah. you know, trees and stuff. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, 95, 96, we get Jackie Chan movies here. The movie we're discussing tonight, uh, he actually makes in 94 which is just before Rumble in the Bronx comes out here. And it doesn't get released in America until 2000 mm-hmm. under the title, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> under the title, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: under the title Legend of the Drunken Master, which is how I originally saw <clears throat> it in theaters. And the uh, reason why we're covering this movie tonight. Because uh, it's Kung Fu February. Is, it's Kung Fu February. And we had talked about doing other things But I I think it's great that we settled on this one because we had talked about doing things that are more action movie with martial arts. Uh, Things that were a little more contemporary to our childhood. But I, I like that we settled on this one because I think this one, and for Jackie even is a very good showcase of Kung Fu. Like, it's a Kung Fu movie. It's yeah. not a cop movie with, with martial arts, not this or that. This is a martial art movie in the traditional sense. Period. And and it was significant in Jackie Chan's career because it comes... It's Drunken Master 2. Uh, the first one's in what you said, 78? In 78. So it's it's also the first, like, full-on style... This, kind of kung fu movie, this kind of martial art movie. It's the first one Jackie has done since like 80. And he, in that that movie, the original had invented this
1: sub-sub genre of silly... Yeah, of like the comedic kung fu movie. Yeah, where it's like silly plots, almost like a Bollywood yeah. kind of things where, you know, they can break out in a song at any minute. So for him to come back, and I think his character in that Drunken Master, then it become kind of iconic and it's well, yeah, very well, mythical he, in the culture. Well, he
0: plays okay so it's significant this movie is significant for jackie because he's coming back to the kind of film the style of cinema that he became famous for in the beginning like the obviously the original drunken master and uh Snake of the Eagle's Shadow, Young uh, young Master, it's that kind of movie. And he hadn't done that kind of movie since then. So it's significant in that, both in the original Drunken Master and in Drunken Master 2, he's portraying the character of uh, Wang Fei-Hung, which is significant uh, in that uh, Wang Fei-Hung was a Cantonese martial artist, physician, and folk hero that since 1949 has been portrayed in hundreds of films and TV shows in China. Uh, most notably, even before and after Jackie, but before Jackie, uh, he's portrayed by Gordon uh, Liu, who we know from, you know, the 36, 36th Chambers of Shaolin and and, and uh, Quinn Tarantino put him in the Kill Bill movies. Yeah. But uh, Gordon Liu plays him in Challenge of the Masters in 76 and again in Marshall Club in 1981. Probably most famously, uh, Wang Fei-Hung is portrayed by Jet Li in the Once Upon a Time in China series. And also again in Last Hero in China, he's portrayed by Jet Li. So Wang Fei-Hung is like kind of this legendary folk hero, but a real person in China. And so Jackie portrays him <laughs> in this comedic drunken like master Bollywood style <laughs> yeah in 78 and then returns and portrays him again in uh drunken master 2 aka uh, legend of the drunken master now uh obviously if you watch once upon a time in china and drunken master i don't know i have little faith that jackie's portrayal of Wang fei hung in Drunken Master in this movie is, like, and in any way kind of historically accurate. <laughs> uh But, again, it's a name. He's playing a character. He's playing this, like, legendary figure. Yeah. And, and so the it has Middles- some kind of significance. I mean, in some ways it's like. But it adds to the. It's yeah. like, you know, when you see, like, Jeff Bridges playing, you know, like Buffalo Bill. Wilcock or whatever, or, you yeah, you know, Hick- yeah, or, yeah, or, right. or Hickok,
1: you know, this is, or yeah, like Brando, not Brando, Tr- Bronson or, plays uh, Wild Bill Hickok in that movie White Buffalo, where it's about them going after this. Myth yeah, of the White Buffalo or, or
0: you where, know, Amelia you know, Estevez playing Billy the Kid in the Young Guns movie. Yeah, like that, like the Young Guns movie. It's all conjecture. Yeah, <laughs> very little to do with the actual Billy, uh, Billy the Kid. Did Pat Garrett get him or not? Yeah, so, so it, it's significant for that reason. Um, now we said Yuan Wu Ping, who became later famous here in America for things like Crouching Tiger and The Matrix. He directs the first one. For the second one, who Jackie has now directed a number of his own movies and had some pretty miserable experiences trying to work with other directors at this time period, uh, he des- he decides to enlist Lau Kar Luang to direct. And uh, he also had directed, he was most famous for uh, the previously mentioned movie with Gordon Liu The Sixth Chamber of Shaolin in 1978 uh, who was a famous actor and director for that style of cinema and I guess maybe because Jackie was trying to return to that style of cinema and they worked together. he thought it would be great to have him come and do it Yeah, with him and uh, Liao Kar Luang plays uh The Master Fu, uh, Weng Chi, in this movie, who Jackie fights in the first scene, underneath the the train, the train, (laughs) yeah. So he's an older gentleman. The reason why uh, I love this this is my favorite Jackie Chan movie, which is why it was one of the movies that I put on the table when Dean and I were discussing. I was like, we could do this movie because we had talked about going back and doing some older seventies martial arts movies, doing something like the you know the Wu Tang movies (coughs) or
1: you know. That, that style By deadly venoms and all like that
0: you know th- we were looking at that stuff and then we were also looking like I said movies from our childhood and we we're trying to figure out what to do uh, I put this one on the table and the, uh, because it's my favorite Jackie Chan movie and I would never I would not consider myself an expert in Jackie Chan in that Jackie Chan's done so many films and <sighs> though I've seen a lot of Jackie Chan films I'm certainly not I'm an ex. I'm like I would never say an expert, but I'm uh, a fan and somewhat knowledgeable about the films I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a lot of Jackie Chan stuff that I probably don't don't know. Uh, but of of the films I know, this is my favorite. You only know what you know. Yeah, I know what I know, and I don't know what I don't.
1: There's know. The, there's the known unknowns, the unknown unknowns, and then
0: there's the unknown unknown unknowns. <laughs> but the reason why I love this movie. So much is, uh, I think a lot of the comedy actually transcends like the Chinese culture and I find it amusing. I I have always since getting into, you know, since the nineties when I started getting into Jackie Chan and, and the various, uh, Hong Kong and Chinese style action movies. I've always loved Anita Mui, and I think Nina Mui is great in this movie. Yeah, um, plays the mom, the stepmom. Yeah, and we'll t- and I definitely want to talk about her more. But so like, it's got it's got Jackie, it's got Anita Mui, and I think Anita Mui is, Anita Mui is great in this movie. And I think like, though Jackie has some amazing action stunt sequences in other movies, and. In some cases, amazing fight scenes in other movies. There's, I think it might be Who Am I. Uh, Although on a whole, to my recollection, like I don't love that movie, but there, I think it's that movie that has a crazy fight scene on the roof of that movie. That, in my opinion, is one of Jackie's best. Oh, where he slides down the the side of a skyscraper and he he fights like some guy on the on the roof. And uh, I think that's one of Jackie's best fight scenes. But for me, the Drunken Master Two has like. Overall, like just every fight action scene in this movie just kicks ass. There's like no duds. And although there might be one in uh, in various other movies that rival how awesome they are in this movie, every single one, not only that, like the first one is like the best one of the whole movie, which is where he fights, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, Wen Chi uh, Lao Kar Lang underneath the. Uh, underneath the train that like, that scene is insane yeah <laughs> um and so to me it's just like it's a absolute like amazing showcase of the the comedic kung fu thing that Jackie pretty much invented uh and it's just an amazing showcase of Jackie it's Jackie at like his all-time best it's not what he's doing might not be as like physically dangerous as sliding down you know, rows of lights in a shopping mall or sliding down the side of a building like it does in some of the other movies or some of the crazy car things on the bus and like the super cop movies and all that stuff. But when you watch it, it is beautiful yeah. i mean it is core like dance choreography and st- but like presented as martial arts. and this
1: is him choreogra- um choreographing everything
0: yeah i mean he does he does a lot of the if not all of the choreography himself and the reason why he ends up having some uh friction with uh lao carl lang is that the director he wants to do it in the traditional style that he's known for and he wants to enter the wire stuff and jackie just doesn't want to Jackie knows and also the director wants him it's very important for him that the director the director wants all of like the kung fu in it to be accurate you know very specific very accurate like a like the ultimate like uh representation of the kung fu and Jackie it's more of like movie kung fu at this point like what's going to look best for the camera and so ultimately, and so Jackie has to do a lot of studying to make sure that all of his kung fu is, like, accurate. And ultimately, even though the director and Jackie are featured together in some of maybe martial arts, like, greatest, a couple of, like, greatest scenes together in terms of action martial arts, Jackie ends up firing him at some point during the movie because they have a deadline. Jackie Chan is such an institution that it becomes a thing in China that, like, every... Chinese New Year, a new Jackie Chan movie comes out and yeah. it's a big thing. You know, they expect it and so they have a deadline to get it out by the New Year. And Jackie's like this is taking too long because we're fighting too much. And so Jackie ends up firing him and finishes directing the movie himself but gives sole directing credit to uh to Lau. So uh but ultimately I think maybe that friction is what helps these scenes because like their fight scene underneath the the train with the spear and the sword is amazing to watch it's so fast that even though they might have undercranked the camera to make the playback appear a little bit faster it's still fucking impressive man when I mean, you see what they're doing no. even, if you, even if you slowed it down and you were looking at everything that they're doing like the accuracy of it i mean it is it is gorgeous i mean it is poetry in motion what jackie does in this movie yeah
1: i don't know how he's able to do some of this i mean it's just uh you know like the ending where he he actually walks on hot coals i mean <laughs> and he had to do it like twice like on I mean? his fucking backwards like on his feet and hands yeah and then just and then the whole ending sequence where he fights the gang and they they say what did he say it took 4 months to shoot that yeah. 7 minute sequence because they were only getting down to like 2 seconds a day of of usable footage because there's so much choreography and then that he says that was a thing too he didn't want the fast cuts you see in other movies he wanted it to be he just hit you know you have a whole sequence of within
0: the frame of yeah. crazy stuff going Well, that's that's beautiful. It's what's one of the watching it this time around because I haven't seen it in a while. It was like, oh, yeah, like not only is what they're doing amazing physically, yeah, but how they're presenting it on camera is amazing. And yeah. that it's like a lot of like wide two shots or just full out wide shots where you see, I mean, it's like watching you know, Gene Kelly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely like ballet. Or, a stair it's like, or yeah. something. You know, it's beautiful. Like I said, there's no better way to describe it, I think, than like poetry and music. You know, you're watching see, some of this stuff. When you stuff. see them
1: jumping up on things or like using those stools, you know, like the benches. And, yeah, you know. Jackie
0: gets to do like what had became kind of a Jackie trademark was like using... The objects around him as weapons, which
1: is a f- almost like a throwback to the to like the Fred Astaire Gene Kelly movies where they, you know, they grab like a, <laughs> like a bucket or like a well, like a, a, a coat coat
0: hang- yeah a coat rack you or know whatever. you
1: know and then you walk around with that or you walk up the side of, a, of the the ceiling and the whole room's on like a gimbal you know it's like yeah. all that stuff it's kind of like a dance sure it's like a modern dance for you know for these and so it's 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 Amazing the feats he's in. And then he's not a young guy. No. And yeah, that's, but he's but it's funny because his character, he's playing a guy that's supposed to be the like same kid, age yeah. that he's supposed to be in the 78 it's, movie. Yeah, because like he's but probabl- he's just, But he's ageless. I mean, he doesn't look like he's older. Yeah. You know what but I mean? he's
0: probably, at that point, he's got to be older than a movie who plays his stepmom. Yeah, he yeah. might even
1: be older than the guy that plays his dad. No, the, he's, I, I think the guy who plays his dad is like five or eight years older than him. Yeah, But that's yeah. it. But And then th- that makes... See, it. It's weird because I didn't. When when they realize you say stepmom, you understand the dichotomy there because at first I was like, what the hell is going on here? And it's like, you know, oh, okay, then it's believable. But he's not, he's got to be in his mid 40s at this point. Yeah. So yeah. you just think about like, that's another thing. It's like, you know, I, I bitch and complain about my ba- my body creaking and stuff and sore and this, this stuff that they're doing. It's like, how do you even come back from all the injuries he has and all the. You know, snapping ankles or ribs or you yeah, pieces
0: of his skull missing from like Operation Condor. I think is where he
1: fell off that tr- out of that tree or whatever. Yeah.
0: So and yeah, he yeah, had he fractured his skull there. So
1: you know, I mean, it, and for me, a lot of this, it's it's this kind of a movie. It's it's almost too silly for me. Yeah, but right it's right it. a style you have you get into, and once you get into it, you understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're exposed to it from the first time, it's like I keep equating it to like a Bollywood to me or like a musical. It's like sure, yeah. It is a farce. And it's funny, you know, so, and then, so it, it is very much, it's almost like a pantomime, uh, in England they call them pantos, like a pantomime play, or like a, it's like seeing a play, it's, it's very exaggerated. So it is funny when you see, like, you know, when you when you go to the, the a theater and you see something like this, these exaggerated kind of uh, c- comedies, you have an element of that there, and you're right, it does transcend through the comedy isn't just centric to, like, uh, you know, when it takes place in the 20s or 30s, you know, in the the problems with colonialism and having to deal with the... um, Yeah, I mean, I think the plot
0: is a little bit significant, and and I think we should, you know, run through it just a little bit in terms of, like, what the movie's about besides Kung Fu. Uh, But, like, I'm, like, I don't know. When I presented it as an option, I don't get... Like, I don't... Was this the first time you'd ever seen this movie? Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I think you were kind of getting at it there but like i don't know aside from it not being a style of film that you in terms of comedy and and that stuff that you don't normally gravitate to like i really it's just to see, like as a first time viewer like really what were your thoughts about it <laughs> it's weird because
1: you, it, i think it's it's one of these things where at the i all these movies I saw back in the day, and I haven't rewatched Rumble in the Bronx or Operation Condor and all those when they came out in the late 90s. Yeah, yeah. So I think if I had seen, I remember when this came out, I worked at a video store. And I remember the cover for, 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 yeah, for, like for, busting through the, box yeah, or some yeah shit. Uh, and then like <laughs> the, the white background. Yeah, and the font, he's like busting through the font of the, of the name of the movie. Um, I think if I saw it then, it would be amazing. Kiss of the Dragon is the Jet Li movie I was trying to think yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. With maybe Mira Savino or somebody. Um, So that's why it's like you have to kind of like, oh, this is that style. It's like it's a style you get into. It's like, you know, I think once you get accustomed to this, if you watch other ones like this, they'll be fine. But it's almost like you have to get up to like the, you know, uh, get on level or, you know, uh, get kind of uh, uh, fluent in it. And then you realize what the the rules are, so to speak. You know, you understand this world of, again, I keep saying Bollywood. It's like, oh, once you once you see a Bollywood movie, you understand, oh, this is what they're about. Yeah, So yeah. it's, it near the end of the movie, it's very enjoyable, but at the starting, it's like almost silly. So it's like, you're like, wow, this is weird. And then you go, oh, I see, this is, I'm fluent in this now. I understand. Yeah. So it's, the st- it becomes almost loving. I mean, it's, it's very equatable to me, like to like the, Slapstick comedies of the '30s and '40s here. You know, you have to kind of get into the really zany ones. Yeah, I like the rhythm of it. Yeah, yeah, and then you, and then, and then everything when the plot stops and you have this big set piece. You know, it's 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 amazing just on the level that it's being done. Where I think it's, you know, for
0: me, um, like I said, it came out here in America in 2000, I think, and that's and I saw it at the theater. But I think it made such an impact on me because 2000 is when I made... 99, 2000 is when I made A Day at the Driving Range, which was a short film that I made in film school when Dion and I were in film school, which was like my homage to Buster Keaton and silent comedy. So and you I, were going through a phase of that. Yeah, so like I was... it Revisiting came, all For that. me, I think yeah. it came at like the perfect moment for me in that it was... I was... Uh, immersing myself in the world of silent comedy and physical comedy. So
1: Blake, for our junior year, we, we we did a movie a year. Our junior year, Blake decided to do a homage to the silent comedies of the old day. And, and the day of the driving range was about a guy who was, sees a girl, and, and what's he wants to, he he falls in love with her, and does he follow her to the he driving range? He follows
0: her to the driving
1: range. And then he, and then he wants to, you know, and the, that's the the simple plot of those older kind of yeah. movies. He wants this keep... <laughs> boy sees girl. Yeah. So he wants to keep an eye on her. So to he, get girls, So you know? he gets a job on the driving range, and then it's all the... And then it becomes a very physical less kind of... Um, uh, you know, we do a lot of uh, action and bit parts in it to, to have it be the zany yeah, yeah. slapstick kind of a comedy so, of the era but it was done and you had remember um,
0: Josh Nasugi
1: God bless him he did the uh, he
0: did music so yeah. it has like a an original like piano score in the style of of a those movie. kinds of movies like, yeah uh, ended up casting someone who ended up being great. A couple of people that ended up being great in those parts, and you know the guy who ran the driving range was a very short guy, and yep. the guy that plays the Buster Keaton was a very tall, lanky yeah. guy. So was kind of playing. where Keaton was always the short kind of one. Yeah, I had like the tall. Thing. And that it it was, lead,
1: that lead, Kevin Bernard. He's in that. He's in a PSA that airs on in New York area called Ants in Your Pants. He's the tall blonde guy in that PSA.
0: Uh, So uh, I was just completely obsessed with like Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd, but specifically Keaton. Yeah. And I always, you know, my, to this day, one of my favorite movies, but one of my favorite movies from a very young age because of my mom has always been singing in the rain. So I've always been very obsessed with gene kelly and uh, american paris and all that stuff so uh but, but this and there's great
1: z- numbers of
0: like that in those movies where oh yeah yeah you know uh
1: good morning good morning with the with the with the couch Amazing. you know and yeah roses toes <laughs> yeah you know and the guy would <laughs> make the, him laugh yeah and, and the guy's what's what's that one sequence for that what the third actor in that movie not gene kelly not the woman but he's jumping Donald through, O'Connor yeah, yeah. you know what he's doing that sequence uh, uh, backstage yeah and, you know, make um, him
0: laugh yeah make uh, him
1: laugh. insane the stuff this guy's able and these are all one takes you and know?
0: Donald O'Connor played Buster Keaton in, uh, like a, in an early Buster Keaton biopic that actually had nothing to do with Buster Keaton oh really <laughs> you know one of those like Hollywood yeah 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 like black and white like 50s yeah the Glenn Miller story <laughs> or, you know, yeah 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 uh, but uh, <laughs> they play themselves, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, so yeah. uh, anyway, so like, I think I just was it came out at the right time, and by that point, because of my obsession with Keaton, I had gotten into Jackie Chan because of like Project A or Project A2, which is where it has all I can't remember which one, but one of them has like all those homages where you have uh, like his homage to Harold Lloyd hanging off of the clock, the, the clock, at like, like, times Square you have Jackie Chan like hanging off and then falling through like eight canopy uh awnings <laughs> like and landing on his head at the bottom on one shot and he walks away from the camera and like this big wall of bamboo with like paper like falls on top of it, like over him like from Steamboat bill jr where the side of the building falls and keaton's left in the open window space so it doesn't, it doesn't so it was all these little gommages. so i had started studying buster keaton because of I mean, uh, Jackie, Chan. Jackie Chan more closely at that time because of my love for Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd and, and Chaplin and stuff. And you end up making your junior film as a byproduct, like a hybrid. Yeah, of so that obsession led to the, the Drying Range, which was the short film I made, uh, Black and White Silent Comedy. And then right around that time is when this movie got released in America. Drunken Master. Yeah, so... And then when it,
1: us working on your... We all worked together on each other's films. I end up then using your cast from <laughs> your junior film... And I write my senior film, and I, keep, I take the entire cast at the time, and it was yeah, seamless. because we had
0: a good time. Yeah, they it was, was good. They were fun, and... We yeah. realized we
1: had... Our senior year was supposed to be, like, the biggest movie we have done yet, and I was like, you know what? This cast has such a great rhythm and a great ensemble together. Yeah. Like, Why don't I write something around these people I'm with? And you knew that...
0: And they could deliver. And you knew you could. they could deliver, and you knew they were, like, a pleasure to work with. Yeah. Like,
1: they weren't going to be assholes. Yeah. I got a stunt coordinator credit on your <laughs> junior film movie. Yeah,
0: and I think you even... You're involved in one of the stunts in the movie. Yeah, I do a couple stunts in there. And uh, so for me, it was just, it came out, I think, at the right time. Yeah. You know, like you're saying, had you seen it in the 90s, maybe you would have, uh, like, you know, you would have been drawn to it more than you were maybe now. I think for me, had I seen it five years earlier maybe i wouldn't it wouldn't have connected with me as much as it did when I saw it at the movies, and I just walked out of the movie just fucking in awe like running around jumping the car. <laughs> yeah, I, would say, I wouldn't say that, but I definitely was flabbergasted by it like I couldn't believe what I had seen that like some like somebody could do that that like physical like people could do what they and some of the done. stuff
1: isn't i mean most of the stuff I wouldn't think is like we we're saying about wires before. I would think he had some wires on him at some points for safety or if he does one of those there's weird some of awkward this, balancing. Yeah, there's
0: some of those things where he's just but off then, balance or like... There's a way around that because
1: I've seen that in vaudeville. There's a yeah. way, I mean, I, most notably, I don't think they're probably doing an effect, but you know, you look at Wizard of Oz, you know, when they're doing the leaning with their feet yeah, yeah. Uh, during this, this
0: song, If I Only Had a Brain. Yeah. So, and just and just to point out, like, I don't know if they used them. Yeah, yeah. And I really couldn't find any information. I know that- He was against them, though. That he didn't want to use them, and that's why he fired the director. Yeah, so- But I wonder if, like, the director wanted to use them- more exaggerated like more in the style like of, the, of like the flying foo like the wire yeah. foo whereas if they're used here like i said it's like when he's He's drinking, he's leaning on somebody, and somebody throws back, and he's basically in like that matrix, like bullet dodging pose, but drinking alcohol. He's kept his balance. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I can only, like, look, maybe Jack, is, like, there's <laughs> no, no we argu- were to put it past and <laughs> There's no argument that Jackie, you know, he's got the, probably has the ab strength of Houdini. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really. <laughs> you know, uh, you know where he could maybe pull that off but i can only imagine that like if you could use wires to put yourself in that position like why wouldn't you and, it's such in and there's also the stuff like just certain like obviously which all stuntmen do which is like getting hit and then having the wires pull you back like more harshly
1: oh yeah so yeah, there's that lines. kind of like stunt yeah
0: wiring as opposed
1: to like like a shotgun blast or something yeah. just to get the effect there's so, definitely
0: shit like that happen
1: yeah near the end when they're Throwing their like chi at each other, yeah, yeah, and yeah, the other sliding on their thing. I mean, he got to the point of his physicality where, especially in America, he is uninsurable. So, so if he's doing his own stunts in these movies, he cannot. Uh, uh, an insurance company won't insure him. So you just, it, it just seems such a hard sell. Like I remember the big deal at the time when Point Break came out that they didn't want Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart.
0: <laughs> Patrick Stewart <laughs> of an awesome cast.
1: Right? <laughs> Yeah, he's one of the things, you know. Uh so I can't do it. <laughs> it's all about pair of He's not coming back. Um of him jumping out of the plane in that take. Yeah. You know, it's it's a hundred percent chill and he jumps out of the plane, you know, and that was a big thing, or they wouldn't get people on motorcycles, and they finally somehow were able to get let Patrick Swayze to do it. So it's like the other end of that, Jackie Chan doing all this stuff and you watch these outtakes oh, where now he's in his sixties, so I have no idea if he, and he really hasn't released like an American
0: movie in a long. No, time. No, I think
1: he's really starting to. I mean, he's doing stuff even when he gets into like the Shanghai Noon or Shanghai Nights. Yeah, or, that, he's still doing it. Yeah, now. but it's still but, like he's that in that his was, 50s. That's
0: like 10. That's a. That's more. That's almost 20 years ago now.
1: You know? Yeah, but he's still. And then like Rush Hour Three was 2007 or 8. You know, and he doesn't. He says he's not a fan of the Rush Hour movies because he doesn't. He doesn't like the the. Action so much, and then he just can't understand the American comedy in it. So they're not, even though they've made shitloads of money and there were big successes over here and great soundtrack by Lalo Schifrin. Yeah, yeah. He he's not, but it's still you th- look at this movie into like his fifties. He's doing stuff where he's running up wall. I mean, just I I just don't like. It seems like any second now, it's like the old days. Which we'll get into in a future podcast about like how dangerous stunt work got until Vic Morrow died on the Twilight Zone movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, where yeah. people were actually there was another death of somebody on like a Peter O'Toole movie. You know, stunt man, stunt maybe. man, Yeah, where people were. It's like that's the level of I wouldn't be surprised in the '90s if he died doing like a you know not a Brandon Lee ask accident where a yeah, gun misfires, yeah. but he does some zany stunt that goes wrong and like. Well, and you're getting that now because I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but you're looking at these movies. They're trying to ump the ante in these tentpole Marvel movies, and you're getting people now are getting killed. They just had somebody killed last. They had a couple people killed in these past either Justice League or Marvel movies where, like, you know, the the stunt guys on cars or bikes or a Bond movie somebody died because they're trying to do these crazy things with wires.
0: I'm not positive. It's either somebody might have died, or I remember watching it and thinking, like, how did somebody not die on Fury Road? Oh, there's tons of stuff on Fury Road. We have People, yeah, where they're just throwing macks people. Yeah, they're just, they're just throwing throws. people. Either somebody did die, or I remember watching that movie and like being like, "How did somebody not die making this movie?" Well, they
1: had one recently where it was a female on a on a bike. She was on a street bike doing yeah. a something, and she in Canada she lost control of the bike and she went through a window and she yeah, died.
0: Yeah, well, unfortunately, I mean that should happen. And you know there, you know it's, I, it's never you're never not gonna have that. And when you start pushing, the even in the first envelope. Blood, a stunt man like breaks his back. In like the chase scenes at the towards the beginning. Not of the even movie. when they're throwing the trees. That Oh, when he's on the dirt bike? No. Yeah, but it's like the guy in the car, they hit a bump and it somehow just hit fucking just right where the guy ends up snapping his back inside the that's car.
1: That's how Dale Earnhardt died. Dale Earnhardt went into a wall and it was, they couldn't understand why, but that's why they made it mandatory now with those helmets to have the neck protection because yeah, yeah. how he hit, it snapped his his vertebrae by his like um, uh, medulla oblongata and that's how he yeah, died. Yeah. So that's now it's mandatory to have that Shoulder neck, brace. But yeah, but, I
0: mean, I mean, how Jackie? So that's what I'm saying how he died. Yeah, the shit he's doing.
1: Like I have had a back injury for three years that I've been struggling through, and then I cry at this movie. To, like how much of a pussy am I that this guy is doing? You know the well, stuff like he's said, doing to
0: this day. He's like, there's a piece of skull that's actually <laughs> missing in his head.
1: Yeah, but it's you know? like you wonder if the, are these guys like on painkillers the rest of their lives? Like it's like it's almost the level of like WWF WWE wrestling. Like those yeah, guys yeah. now. Like I always say. You look at people like of the era of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Pump and Iron, those guys, where none of them look good now because their joints are shot. They yeah, were doing... Yeah. I mean, take away they were doing all the steroids and stuff. Yeah. But like just the, the brutality on your body of deadlifting and then doing the physicality of hitting and being in a ring and then... This stuff with him—that and
0: yeah—I mean, there's that, and it's like they're doing it every night. Yeah, and then five days a week, and then you know
1: they're they're high on coke or whatever they are, or or the perform enhancer, the performance enhancer, or drinking, or you know, painkillers. Yeah, the lifestyle you're leading because you're going out and partying afterward. So you look at Jackie, who I don't think he's doing any of that, but still, he's still having to be the physical. I guess it's also when you get used to it, it's like the guy who throws himself down the stairs in The Exorcist. It's just like it becomes the zen. Yeah, Yeah, you know, you if you're you if you're If your body's in that form and you're that.
0: Yeah, but still, it's like, I want to say it's Operation Condor, but whatever that movie is where he fucking takes that tumble and lands on it, and that's where, like, in the beginning, the first scene of the movie, he's got, like, really short hair. And then he and then he takes that tumble, and then the rest of the movie he's got like long hair because he that's where he's like missing a piece of his skull. So he clearly probably has a huge scar on his head, and that's why he has longer he has longer hair for the rest of his career. Yeah, he fell, and he, he and then, don't they have that in the outtake? Yeah, it's in the outtakes, and then in uh, what's the one? Where and then the one in the project a, the the Project A movie where I was talking about the the Harold Lloyd homage where he falls off the clock, you can tell fucking he lands right on his fucking head. Yeah, like. On the f- like from I don't know how many stories, but he fucking lands right on his neck, and you're like, how did he not die making that is it <laughs> doing r- that stunt?
1: Is it Rumble in the Bronx, which is the one where he jumps off a hydrofoil and he jumps onto like a maybe a bridge pylon like in the water, and, and he cranks his ankle. Oh yeah, like,
0: <laughs> you know. And then he's wearing like a spray painted sock over his cast for like the rest yeah. of the movie. It reminds
1: me of you and I did a Burt Reynolds craze some years ago when we lived together, but we didn't watch any of the mainstream Burt Reynolds movies. Yeah, we watched yeah. all the B-sides and we watched that movie Shyla... Sh- no. Um, Seamus. Seamus. And there's a scene in the Seamus movie where some dude who's the Burt Reynolds... It could be Burt Reynolds because Burt Reynolds is a lot of his own physical comedy back then because he started out as a stuntman. But this guy jumps... He's in the woods and he's like in Westchester trying to get over a cement wall, remember? And he and, and he, he's on a tree, he jumps, and he drops two stories and lands on, like, on his shoulder and head. Yeah, and we're yeah. like, that guy had to have died, you know? And it's yeah, like, yeah. It's, when you see these scenes, and like you said, Fury Road, where these people are just, like, and, and I remember seeing the trailers for Fury Road, and you just see people getting
0: thrown and trucks rolling over them. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I posted, uh, well, I don't know, last month or so, I put, on Twitter, I think I, I tweeted something about how Nobody ever talks about the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Knock Off, yeah. but how I love it. And one of the reasons I love that movie, it's directed by Sui Hark, who uh, I think did Once Upon a Time in China. I mean, he's a, he's a great kind of action uh, Chinese director, Hong Kong director, but there's stuff in that movie where it's like, you can tell like shit just went wrong and they rolled with it. Like you can tell like a car is supposed to land a certain way and it doesn't, it just flips over. And they were like... You want to shoot it again? He's like, no, nah, we'll just have him get out of the car. <laughs> like, like you want? That's one of those movies. I think why I love that movie so much, just because you're watching it, and you're like, how did someone not die on this? Clearly, like safety was not an issue. <laughs> it was not it was not thought well, listen, about. You know, there's.
1: I was. Um, I've never full disclosure been a huge martial arts genre fan. Yeah, yeah, So I've missed the boat on a lot of these. I've seen a lot of them when they come out, but there's other ones I, I haven't really seen that I
0: should have seen. Sure. But I've been... Well, like knockoff, for instance, is way later. I yeah. Mean, that's, like in the, that's like early 2000s. So um, it's like after his, you know, the Van Damme era of his movies.
1: Uh, in the mid-2000s, I had a friend of mine who I worked with at the video store and he gave me this. So maybe it was the late odds. He gave me this list of like 15 movies to see great martial art movies to just get into stuff. And one of them I saw was Born to Fight Mm-hmm. and Born to Fight is this Korean movie where it's uh, the, just the story is this guy they kidnap maybe his family or, they, or the village just taken hostage he has to go back and save the village but you watch these movies and especially like in that cinema I think in the Korean cinema where everyone is just trying to break out so they want to you know they want to become a star, so they're taking risks that you really shouldn't take because what else are you going to do? You're going to go back and live on the street? Yeah. Like in Born to Fight, they're doing shit where there's like two semi-tractor-trailer trucks going down a road, and these guys are doing martial arts on top of both trucks, and then they're getting knocked off, and they're falling between the trucks as they're going and hitting the the, the, the street and surviving. And it's so you look at like, there's some of these movies where these people should be Killed, or you know, the, the, you see the outtakes at the end where people are breaking arms and legs and they're just taking them out and they're putting another extra in, you know. So, I, I it seems like it's a it's it's less re- restrictive there than it would be in America doing these things,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, getting back to the movie, uh, basically,
1: to so the plot of the movie, is yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, I don't have so much of like the plot, but basically, what the movie's about is there's like it's about Westerners. Stealing the history of China, yeah. Uh, so I don't know what year it's supposed to take place. It's pre-war, World War Two. So yeah. I'd say
1: it's probably either late twenties or thir- early thirties. And it's yeah, you got the you got
0: particularly the British
1: monarchy over there doing stuff, and
0: yeah, and kind of like a classic like Hitchcockian plot, you know, like you have a McGuffin. You have a little bit of a MacGuffin in that. Ja- in the, it opens with Jackie and his dad who and I don't know if it's his brother or someone that works for his dad. They're coming from one place back home, and they're going to take a train. And Jackie wants to avoid... He's trying to save his. I guess he's trying to save his dad some money. He's going to try to smuggle the ginseng. Yeah,
1: you, which they would have to pay tax on. Yeah, he'd have to declare it when he gets on the train. Maybe he's going from one province to the other, and there's like a tariff. So and he tries to hide it, not tr- declare it.
0: So he tries to he hides it in like one of the wealthier travelers' luggage, knowing that they wouldn't be checked. Yeah, they wouldn't be checked.
1: when, when they get on this train, but his
0: dad doesn't know this. His yeah. dad is like a medicine. He's like a doctor on a martial arts. He has owns a martial arts school and he's a medicine, very man. respected in the. And uh, so they get on the train and you see like the craziness of what we what we all think about, like the stereotype craziness of what. As Westerners, we imagine like traveling via train in China or India yeah. like, which is like a, a trillion people on the dilapidated like train. sitting on t- like <laughs> you know on, on top of the train, on top of the car, and, yeah, you know, hanging just, off the sides, so windows are open. <laughs> and then, so the first stunts we see is like Jackie jumping into like the train windows to get a seat before everybody else gets effortlessly. On. It's like it's not even you. You like I can do that, and then you're like, <laughs> wait, what is he actually doing there? Yeah, and uh, so that so that the plot what drives the plot is that at some point he leaves his dad that says we're going to go for a walk because he wants to go get the ginseng back yeah so he goes through the like the dining car of the wealthier westerner you know tr- uh train car to like the luggage and as he gets there there's someone stealing something out of the luggage it happens to be the same like uh tra- chest it's the same suitcase and they look identical his
1: his ba- his box of ginseng is in a yellow like uh, handkerchief and whatever this guy's stealing
0: is in the same yeah so and yeah. so that person is the director of the film and uh and so that leads to jackie ch- chasing him yeah because he thinks
1: jack jackie thinks he's stealing his ginseng so there's this that he chases that and the Train hasn't departed yet. Yeah. So there's this big fight, like we said, underneath the tr- one of the train cars. Uh, but you know, while people are like still getting on the on. tracks under the car, so yeah. find space, crouch down. And I would think that they would have maybe got a train car, something that's a little higher than normal because of the. But still, yeah, you're still fighting underneath the train car with with these. I'm, I'm, I don't know the name of them, so forgive us. But the spe- the spear type, it's kind of like bamboo with a yeah. like spear with a spearhead on the. And on then with one of those flaps, very it looks like very. Uh, uh, sharp, but it's one of those flexible, yeah, flexib- it's a really swords. floppy sword. Like, like apparently, a sh- it's like a real sword.
0: I think in, initially, initially, even when I saw it, I think I might have thought that that was like a prop. Yeah, and and obviously that one might be, but that kind of like sheet metal floppy sword is actually a weapon. Yeah, it's not like that wasn't for the, like invented for the movie. But there's this amazing fight scene
1: under there, and then and he chases the guy. So far, and then they kind of hit it. They
0: chase somewhere else, and yeah. they continue the
1: fight. And then he's like, you got to go. And then Jackie's like, oh, my train's leaving. So he, he, he leaves. He they, and
0: it was like, it's switched. Another switcheroo. So the two items get switched. And so Jackie ends up taking a jade seal. Yeah, the MacGuffin and, in the movie. And this older gentleman who he fights, played by the director, ends up accidentally taking his ginseng. Big old rooted ginseng. And so that's what drives the plot line.
1: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And... He gets home... Yeah, Jackie gets home to his house. He's got to give his dad the ginseng because his dad needs the ginseng to help because he's a physician. And then... Yes.
0: He got it specifically for somebody.
1: Yeah, and and he got this particular amount because it's a whole big old root of ginseng. And then... They don't have it, so then it's the hilarity of like they they, they kill a bonsai tree, <laughs> take then, the roots, and then the, the, then but then that's highly toxic, so like I almost die. So it becomes this thing of it's it's very much like a slapstick comedy. The stepmom's trying to cover for him; she's getting him in these predicaments, yeah. you know. And then, but then it's also like the
0: people that wanted the the jade seal they somehow f- figure out that Jackie has. it. I think they saw him running away, and then they thought
1: that it you know. I, Correctly that he he was the thief and not the, the thief, yeah. And then so they track they track him down much like the, what the, the the director who's playing the part in the movie does at the end of the movie, yeah. But you have the day to day where Jackie goes to like the fish market and he meets his friends and there's a girl that likes him and then the other guys jealous and there's a little fight there to the, a draw and if you know and he wins some fish and he's very blasé about it and then you know there's a scene where he's then uh, they they corner him at a market you know and the 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 uh, the bad guys and he slaps yeah. his
0: mom. Well, they take. Think- they think it's in his mom's purse or something. They think it's in a purse, so they steal the purse, and Jackie goes running after them, and then there's a fight scene, and that's when we're introduced to uh, not the concept of drunken boxing, because that's actually introduced to us in the scene in the fish market. Or even before, because when he, when he runs after
1: the guy oh, yeah, the train to go to a barn, then all of a sudden Jackie's drunk, yeah. and Jackie starts doing the, but, it, the... It's the style of the drunken. Yeah, but then you know.
0: in this scene... Uh, in the purse snatching scene where he fights like four guys, his mom runs off and goes to the bar and grabs like a bunch of booze and starts throwing it to Jackie. And that's where we're introduced to the, like, not only the drunken boxing, but like being drunk and doing drunken boxing. It's like Jackie derives his powers yeah. for, from alcohol, which is like, you know, it's, it, it causes it causes you to be a little off balance, which makes fighting you kind of, Weird throws like the person fighting you off. It also obviously uh, inhibits your inhibitions, but it also dulls the pain, which yeah. is like the which is the aspect of it. But yeah, drunken you know, boxers run a, with, run a risk of becoming alcoholics, uh, just like low life uh, deadbeat alcoholics and so it's like that delicate balance of like what's enough alcohol and
1: I think we also learned that Jackie has an issue with this because he's not supposed to be doing this so I guess his mom his mom knows that this will only improve him so it's almost like Popeye eating spinach but he's
0: often I guess promised his dad that he wouldn't drunken bar
1: yeah so his mom on on his mom's uh, beleaguering the point she's the one who makes him drink so quick it's almost she, like sideways yeah, yeah. where he gets hammered he just guzzles a couple bottles you know in quick succession it hits some like nobody's business, and then he gets this unpredictable, which is, I guess, a true style. This drunken kung fu. Yeah, yeah. So, you know,
0: uh, his, kicks sta- the ass. his stepmom played it by Anita Mui. Um, Anita Mui, uh, like I said, always I've always you loved mean. Anita Mui. Big crush on Anita Mui yeah. was cr- was cr- different kind of crush. I was crushed when she passed away in two thousand three. Uh, she died of cervical cancer, December thirtieth, two thousand three. Uh, for people that don't know her so much, she was an actress and a singer in China, known in the known in China as the Madonna of the East. I mean, she was a huge pop star. Um, even in nineteen eighty eight Olympics in Seoul, she sang at the opening with Janet Jackson. She, you know, tons of awards, tons of success as a singer. So she was a huge uh, vocalist and pop star. In China, and probably in other parts of the other country, in other countries, but you know, not known here in America for that. Uh, first time I had seen her was probably in The Heroic Trio, which was a film that came out in '83, which I probably saw for the first time in the '90s, where uh, it's her, Michelle Yo, and Maggie uh, Cheng. And that's very cool. It's a very like superhero y fantasy action, like. You know, it's like the Fantastic Four, but of like amazingly attractive and talented, you know, Asian women. It's almost like, <laughs> the, super it's almost like the, the East version of Charlie's Angels. Yeah. You know? uh, but a lot of much more in the in the vein of the kind of uh, wire food that we're talking about. It is fantasy. Yeah. Um So that's probably the first time I saw her. She also has a role in Rumble in the Bronx, which I don't remember so well because I haven't seen Rumble in the Bronx in forever. She's in one of. My favorite uh, action martial art movies and probably maybe my favorite Jet Li movie, uh, the original title is My Father, the Hero, 1995, but known as The Enforcer here in America. When it came out, it's part of that like Jet Li box set. And, yeah. you know, those, and they started releasing all those Jet Li movies. It's a contemporary movie. I think she plays a cop in it. And she's trying to get to, to the bottom of what's going on. Uh, I believe, to my recollection, Jet Li might play an undercover cop. And it's one of the movies that Jet Li does with this child actor, uh, Jai Miao, who's also known as now as Mo Se. Uh, I got to give a shout out to
1: Blake doing all these pronunciations. <laughs> yeah, who knows if I'm even you know, ac- close to I, being accurate. It sounds like, you know.
0: Doing my best. Uh, you know. Ni hao ma. You're like, <laughs> you're just, ni hao. You're just, <laughs> I, I apologize if I'm, I'm not good at this. Hey, they sound good to me. <laughs> uh, that movie is. Fucking insane. And I would love for us to do that at some point called? down the line. The American title is The Enforcer. Oh, or, or Jet, oh, Jet Lee's the, enfor- yeah, yeah. the Enforcer. Okay. Uh, yeah, the original title was uh, My Father the Hero. That movie is crazy. Yeah. uh What's going on in that movie in terms of the stunts and also just like content wise, narrative wise. Uh, Jet Lee's a badass. And uh so she's in that. And the new movie was supposed to be in House of Flying Daggers. Uh, by Zhang Yimou, which we talked about earlier when we were talking about Hero. Yeah, the next, uh, the next Zhang, movie. Yimou, Zhang Yimou had done some other kinds of movies, and then he made Hero with Jet Li, which is uh, a gorgeous movie yeah. to look at. Uh, kind of retelling the same story from different perspectives. And, kind of, it's and, got a Rashomon kind of feel. Yeah, but each
1: story has a different kind of. It's shot. Yeah, one's raining. Ones the, so it's color temperature and
0: stylistic. And I believe. Trying to think, I think Jetli might fight Donnie Yen in that movie. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, and well, we a, just brought up Don. We just we keep bringing Donnie Yen I guess we brought him up in on Highlander. One. Yeah, uh, because he was in Endgame. He was in Highlander Endgame. I'm yeah. a huge. I love Donnie Yen. So that was also that movie was I was big into that because I had to have Jetli and Donnie. Yen. And people would know him because he was just in Rogue One. Domestic. He, right yeah, here. he was in. He was uh, the blind. Uh, Protector of the Jedi. Yeah, with the bow, whatever. I think he has. <laughs> and,
1: and then there's the the uh, house, the flying daggers. That's the next movie where they have that set piece of whether all those. It's in the bamboo forest. Yeah, right. Yeah, but remember, there's a sequence where like they're like in the the um, they've, they're like in a library or whatever with with the with the scrolls and they're slicing the huge columns of scrolls and fl- yeah. That's a, has a great set piece.
0: Big fan of that movie, uh, <clears throat> and I remember seeing that at a s- screening. Uh, Deanna and i went to school with somebody who eventually worked at a film non-profit film center like theater and i remember seeing like an advanced screening of that with A Q&A with the director with jangy mu and at the end of the movie uh of house of flying daggers that movie was the, there's a dedication to a anita movie and i remember the people i was with thought that was weird um and I didn't think it was weird because I figured that he was probably just friends with her. You know, she's not in the movie, but it turns out she was actually going to be in that movie, and then she ended up kind of bowing out of that movie because of her sickness and died two weeks later. So she was up; she was planning on being in that movie up until two weeks before she died. Wow! So that's why that movie has a dedication to her. Uh, and in July eight, uh, July eighteenth, two thousand fourteen. Uh, on on Hong Kong's Avenue of the Stars they uh, unveiled a bronze statue of Anita Mui so she's a big deal over there and i've always been a big fan of her and i think it's tough because doing this movie i was looking for this movie has never been released Drunken <clears throat> Master 2 i'm talking about has never been released like in its full aspect ratio with the original like cantonese uh, audio track Uncut. Yeah. Like, there's, you can't get it with like all three. It's like two, three, five. It's, yeah. And now
1: (laughs) it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's framed differently for our releases. uh, And so
0: there is like one DVD release that I could not find, which preserves it, you know, maybe not in the original aspect ratio, but with the original audio track and uncut. Uh, because I was curious, because I'd only ever seen it this way with the English track. Well, they cut they cut a little bit out
1: because it's one of those things where they don't think jokes will translate right to Westerners. Yeah, so it's not substantial, but it's enough that there's like tails. Well, the, the joke is kind of oh, when he's drinking the industrial. He
0: drinks the industrial. He there's this big fight scene at the end where he fights. They fight in a steel mill. Yeah, and he can't win. So he he take he drinks industrial, alcohol, which is like they throw onto the coals for like. The you know for the the milling of
1: yeah. the, the it's almost the alcohol they use the yeah it's the light to like almost candles yeah. that kind of he's drinking like it's,
0: it's like industrial like fermented wood alcohol yeah uh just meant to burn not yeah. to drink so but he ends up drinking it and the movie originally apparently and I've never seen this ending because I only know this version of the movie ends with like a shot of him like cross-eyed with like his tongue sticking out as like a vegetable like because he, they, they he made won the he won the fight. But but it it, it it so the end the
1: end. They allude to him in the end of this. They're like, why couldn't he be here? He's like, oh, he's just recuperating. You still, uh, you know, hurting from his fight. Yeah.
0: So the last shot is him <clears throat> supposed to be. Yeah, supposed to in the original yeah. cut of the movie is him like as a vegetable, uh, meaning and, that the the
1: wood alcohol or whatever the fuck the, the 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 industrial alcohol he drank, yeah,
0: could cause severe mental
1: damage, <laughs> brain damage. So he's not even. So it's not like he's gonna. So you, it's such a downer where he's not going to get better. He's but it's just...
0: like, I guess, you know, he's got Rossi with his tongue on it, So it's played as a joke. It's like a Looney Tunes. And so when they released it here, they're like, that's kind of in poor taste. Yeah. So they ended up cutting that shot out uh, of the movie. Uh, apparently, there really is very little cut out of the American version of this movie, much less so than some of the other uh <clears throat> Jackie Chan movies there's they recut the scene where he's kind of singing the blues out at the outdoor bar or whatever when he's drunk and then they come the bad guys come and he's too drunk to fight and he's, he ends up causing a lot of shame and embarrassment to himself and his house and and stuff like that uh, apparently that, that that scene is recut but for the most part there's not a whole lot actually cut out but my point of like the original version of the movie is I find Anita Mui great in this movie but i'm also responding to like the words of another actress because it's it, it's dubbed into english and it's not a neo movie dubbing it so yes. uh but i think the physicality of her is also very funny so uh i definitely respond to kind of like the greatness of a neo in this movie but i was really looking to find the original audio track because i was, hear yeah because like even though embrace. even though we would be reading the subtitles of it to you know, really get her performance. So unfortunately, I was not able to track one down for us to watch yeah, it, tonight. It but. seems like a lot of times
1: in these type of movies, certainly when you or the Japanese horror movies, like when you go to a uh, to a, a English track where it's dubbed, you lose some of. We always prefer to watch them in the original dialogue yeah. track, subtitled. And even though sometimes you'll lose something in the translation. It seems like it's less significant than in the. They dub it in English. Did Jackie do his own? I think he did his own. For this version of it, he dubbed his own English track. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But you always kind of lose a little something here or there with these dubs. So that would have been nice to see her original. Yeah.
0: Because I do think she's. But like I said, a lot of it comes out of her physicality, like how she presents, like her facial gestures and just like. Raising the (laughs) skirt up. Yeah. 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 And even though we're. we're, Her first introduction to her. Is like it looks like she's like in some kind of like meditative state. and She's doing something crazy, martial arts, like preparing for something. But then it's all it's like her like laying down a mahjong, you yeah, know, piece. You know, <laughs> like ends up so like her her introduction to her is like a physical joke. Yeah, um, and that's part of her character. She's a little bit of a troublemaker, but well-meaning definitely supportive of jackie chan's character uh but uh, but mischievous and at some point even somebody says to her father like she's a handful oh
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. what's his face who who comes it's the director of the movie he comes he's
0: like wow well, you know uh but so like i love her in this movie and when uh when like the the purse gets stolen and she's like and the and her, from her friend because she had they they need money but the guys is they think they need money, but she actually needs money because of like mahjong debts or yeah. something. Because she's her yeah. per, so she sells or gives like a diamond necklace to her friend as kind of collateral. But the purse gets stolen, and the and the the friend is like shocked, and she's like, "It was stolen." She's like, "You got to speak up," and she's like, "Yeah," <laughs> and does like a very funny like physical gesture in a huge wide shot so we can see it. Uh, just I I love her so much, and I, and so I definitely her. Being in this movie and her performance in the movie is one of the things that I really enjoy about this movie. In terms of the plot line, uh, in terms of it's very much, uh, we keep on returning to this. And obviously, the movies, many movies before Star Wars that we covered, you know, we covered Star Wars in December. And so we started talking about like the Joseph Campbell, like Hero's Journey stuff. Obviously, so many of those movies that we've done earlier than that would prescribe to that. But now that we've done Star Wars, we talked about it. You totally kind of see it here. Like Jackie, the main plot line we said is this mistaken identity in terms of like the, the, you know, uh, the accidental switching of the Jade seal and the, the ginseng. And they're trying to retain their culture from being, but then the, that overall thing is the guy stealing the, the director playing that part. He, he, his character stealing the Jane seal because it's like, We're trying to preserve the... There's a very powerful line, which is like, you know, how, you know, paraphrasing, like how shitty would it be if, like, our kids have to travel abroad to see our history? Yeah. And Jackie's like, like, there's a million Jade Seals. Who cares if they take one? He's like, but, you know, like, what happens when they take them all? What are we
1: going to do? On the face of it, it's little. It's only one piece, but it's adding up. And then at the end, there's a
0: a, a standoff
1: where they have it all, like, in the embassy or something. They have a huge...
0: Like yeah. A whole shipment so shipment like, of stuff. So on the in the midst of like this kind of goofy movie, there's actually a very like real dramatic plot line,
1: uh, and also probably nonfiction because like I bet. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, like was absolutely. You yeah. Know, this like was this was a concern f- back in the th- um, thirties, undoubtedly was yeah. a
0: concern. And then we find out that like the people that are taking the jade seal are also. The the idea of the steel mill in the town, they're actually using that as a front to smuggle more out, like yeah. illegally even taking more artifacts out. So in terms of that's of like the, the overall... Yeah, owned by all these Westerners. Yeah. Uh,
1: headed by a guy who looked a lot to me like Xander Berkeley, yeah, Exactly. You know, yeah. that guy, he's, he's dubbed and he's... I was like, oh, he looks like, you know, back he's in, in Walking Dead now.
0: Back in the day, I always just say, you know, like when we in high school and then when we met in college, there was... The six degrees of Kevin Bacon was a big thing. Yeah, and I always just say if you could get from whoever you're trying to get to Kevin Bacon to like Xander Berkeley, that you could you, can, you can get to you can get to almost anybody. Yeah, because Xander Berkeley, he's in like the Heat. He's in Heat. He's in like uh, Sid and Nancy. Yeah, so you get to the Gary Holman connection. Yeah, and really, like Gary Holman—that's like Olman, that's like, getting like a, a Joker's wild card. You can get to anybody. Uh, he's in Poison Ivy. Yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. Uh, but yeah, he definitely looks like him. But. Uh, so that's the that's like the main plot in that sense. But in terms of Jackie Chan's character, we have a uh, well-meaning guy, kind of disgraced by this scene where he gets too drunk. We have the father- in
1: an honorable way because he was trying to defend his mother and all this stuff. But then it just becomes a yeah, and then he ends up of kind stuff. of like
0: he gets reprimanded by his dad. It's it's a lot about father approval of this Honor. movie and. And uh, honor and all that stuff. So I, I actually found a lot of that really uh, poignant, poignant, you know, I was going to say moving, but it's not really moving, but powerful. And that like powerful. The, the, I found it very powerful. Wow. <laughs> very powerful. And even though the scene where he's being yelled at, but Jackie's being yelled at his father, the it's. There's some comic relief in you Nita know, character being like, "I'm pregnant," and and uh, a lot of stuff there. But uh, there's a lot of funny stuff. But then when like we find out that the guy got sick because of the switching of the ginseng for the uh, for the, the uh, bonsai, bonsai re- tree, like yeah. re- um, the, the scene between him and his dad is very. Tough, yeah, you know, and his dad kicks him out. And or even the man, you know, the, like the, the
1: servant they have there, the manservant kind of playing yeah. that role. He's very comedic with his over the top, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. you know, or he doesn't uh, want to get hurt. When and
0: Jackie, like, leaves, and the Anita movie's like, Go, what are you doing? Go get him, go follow him. And then he goes, he starts to go the other way. And the father's like, You think the father's t- gonna tell the, the friend, the servant, to stop, like, don't go after him, but he doesn't. He says, He went the other direction, so it was like. I don't know. I just felt like the dramatic moments of this movie surprisingly worked very well for me, yeah. especially in this viewing. I found it very effective. And you wonder effective. if that's, you know, being uh Chinese or
1: from the the the, the country and and having that style of heritage or th- that way of life it, it could be something akin to like the Italians with the um with giallo, you know, the, yeah. you know so that maybe the, these points do hit home when it's dramatic. It's supposed to be dramatic when it's yeah. comedy, you know, so that when the comedic makes you laugh, the, the heavier parts of the drama makes it a little yeah. more, hits home a little better.
0: And, you know, kind of the big, the journey of Jackie Chan of, of uh, you know, uh, what's his name in this movie? Wang Fei-Hung.
1: Or if they call him Fei-Hung Wang. So I don't, I don't yeah, sometimes well, a surname the surname
0: Asian culture, yeah, some f- of the Asian cultures have a weird- not weird. Uh, uh, it Different than the way we do and That like our last name is our, our family name is our last name. Yeah, where theirs is the first in name. In China, it's like, it's really like.
1: Because he's Hung know. Fei Wong, then he's Fei Hung. Then he's he's Hung Fei Wong, then he's Fei Hung Wong. Yeah. And you know? even,
0: I even noticed that at some point in American films, uh, Yuen Wu Ping was, ne- at some point, I don't know which movie, but it changed to him being billed as Wu Ping Yuen. Uh, I guess trying to Americanize it in a way, but but, but not actually changing his name. Um, but uh, basically his journey is from going from like well-meaning, but a little bit of a fuck-up.
1: Yeah. To, he doesn't want to grow up kind of a thing. Yeah.
0: To uh, at the end of the movie, he has to rise to the occasion. Yeah. Um, and you know, in in typical, very cinematic way of doing this, uh, you know, the 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 workers have been have been pushed out of the steel mill. They're going to close the steel mill. They
1: got the crap beat out of them.
0: You know, uh, uh, Jackie, who wears black through the entire movie, shows up in the lat the, the, the third act in white, and he's now gone from. He's had that transition from he he's been. Uh, shamed. He's had the experiences with his father. Uh, he's found a little bit of meaning uh, in his crusade to save Chinese history when he has the the big scene with the, the guy that plays the, uh, the, the director who's in the movie who's trying to steal the jade seal back. Uh, he finds a mission to go sneak into the embassy to try to recover it he, he now has has meaning his uh, he has a mission, and at the end of the movie, when he has to stand up and and ends up leading these steel workers against like the western threat to to preserve Chinese history, he st- he does rise to the occasion. there's a definite maturity though we still have the comic we have some comic relief throughout the fights. it's definitely less so. And, and more and his his stance is more of like the cinematic hero now yeah. instead of just amazing you know choreography, but in like more of a comic sense. So I found watching it th- this time and recognizing that about it, you know seeing a very typical narrative structure, that does work, that works in Star Wars and works in so many of the movies that we, we talk about. It works in, you know, in some cases in Highlander, which we, which we talked about recently and stuff like that. So appreciating the movie on that level now, not getting past the fact that there are like no less than five amazing fight set pieces. Yeah. Uh, all leading up to this grand, finality, grand finale of, you know, in the steel mill, and what happens in the steel mill—just uh, c- completely amazing
1: stuff. With his bodyguard, he uses the actor that, that he trains the, the the guy he fights, isn't it? It was his bodyguard, and then he because he, yeah. he was the only guy he could do it properly or whatever. And it's just a, again the testament of what he's doing. I doubt he's really drinking industrial alcohol. No, no. But, but aside but, from that, he's freaking going over. We said he fell on hot coals well, twice. There's, you
0: know, funny stuff where his foot's on fire because he's being pushed up against like. One of the giant kilns or yeah, whatever like a furnace, and, and his foot gets on fire because he's he puts his sneaker he, he, put, he puts his shoe up against it, so pushing back against it so that he's not his body isn't pushed. Away. So his shoes on fire, and somebody just like takes like a bucket of water, throws it in the air, and he jumps up and does like a whirlwind kick, <laughs> kicking the water to put his shoe out. Just amazing. Or stuff. the
1: dirt, you know, when 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 you have the uh, you know the, the the he has these big they have these big like things uh, almost like wheelbarrows yeah. to put fire out or. You've seen the outtakes when they're dropping these big, oh yeah, those big, these barrels, yeah, that are coming from the ceiling that have in them whatever, either ore or have molten lava, whatever purpose they're in the steel mill. They're supposed to be heavy on chains and they're they're being slammed down. Almost you'd see like backstage when they use a counterweight to kill somebody. So he's rolling away out of these. Like and, s- with split second, yeah, like just and near misses. These things look heavy. Like, you know, they're coming down, and, you know, I'm sure they're doing it in effect in post production. But in the outtakes, you see one of them hits his shoulder, and it's yeah, like, yeah, it looks kind of heavy. He doesn't
0: get out of the way fast. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: I mean, all this stuff. And then that end sequence when he has that whole gang fight him. And that stuff you've, you've seen anytime they have a highlight reel of Jackie Chan doing stuff where he with the um bamboo oh yeah you know but that then, whole sequence with him with fighting like 1000 people yeah you know the and restaurant, he's you he's know. jumping out windows and he's i mean him and the other director and they're putting they're doing all the kinds of they're makeshift making uh weapons and stuff i mean some of that stuff is unbelievable that's the thing that they said it's what took 4 months to shoot maybe it's a 7 minute fight sequence and they don't you know they only they were only getting about 3 seconds of usable footage a day um i think Donnie Yen didn't he they offer him a role in the movie, uh, possibly. But, you I don't know. Don't know.
0: Donnie Yen is an interesting story, and if we ever get around to like an actual Donnie Yen movie, we'll save that. He, he has an interesting yeah. backstory that would be, uh, you know, would be good, good fodder for us to ch- chat about. You know,
1: and it is admirable for Chan to like, uh, you know, give sole credit to director credit to the other guy when he kind of took over. And yeah, you know what I mean, because he could have also put. I mean, they do say I think a Jackie Chan film at the beginning, but but that he also get, could
0: be the an American release thing. Yeah. You know. It could be his production company sub-releasing it and like that. He definitely produced it. Yeah. Um, So maybe that was, you know, I don't know. I noticed that too this time around that it's it opens with a Jackie Chan film which typically in, at least in American films is reserved specifically like a John Carpenter film. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Who director, the director is. it's a director yeah. thing.
1: I mean, it's just the, the amount of stuff he's doing where he was doing stuff with the Olympics. He released an album singing <laughs> about the Olympics. He caused a little controversy because to me, it's, it seems like he's a little more of a traditionalist in China. Yeah. And he was saying people should be looked after by the government and that caused some stir. So I think he kind of leans a little more traditional in that sense. And that was, there was kind of like a back and that, forth yeah. and there was a big uproar of him carrying the torch in the in the Olympics there, and he's like, you know, there's going to be some protesters, and you know, and, and so, but it seems that bit of controversy, and then he had a baby out of wedlock with somebody. Um, you take that away, and he and he he explains that away. He's like, I, you know, I was fallible, mistake. yeah, just like every uh, yeah, other you know, man. A lot of other men
0: have, have made done this that,
1: mistake, and then yeah. you know, he owns up to it. Um, but he's always tried to keep that um, uh, to be kind of like the. Uh, uh, to look up people as like a role model. Yeah, and that's, and I like that. That's very, especially all the, him giving back to, especially the region and then Japan and just every, you know, especially China and then helping with commerce and trade and tourism. He has like a tourism video where, you know, he does stuff and then uh, the song he sings for, for um, what's the cop movie, Super Cop? What's the cop movie from, uh, uh, police story, yeah. Police story, the song he sings in that they used in the Hong Kong recruit the Royal Hong Kong Police recruitment video, yeah. And then he's helping LAPD recruitment video, and then he was doing a big uh PSAs in China, and especially Hong Kong, about littering in the trash. You got to yeah. really be proactive. So, you
0: remember about 10 years? Well, I think I was still living in Port Chester at the time, so maybe a little over 10 years. You know, you get those late night infomercials, and of course, you have like that thing that. Chuck Norris and Christy Brinkley yeah. were like, you know, they were the the face of, but there was like this Jackie Chan. It was like Wayne Gretzky's wife and Jackie Chan were, were in a. It worked ad. with uh, <laughs> Norris and what's her face Brinkley. Let's do. It. And it was like this little unit, a little exercise thing that, you know, Jackie would be like, it's great. you I bring it. You know, I could travel with it. And I remember thinking, it was the only time I was really tempted to get, like, a piece of exercise equipment. And it was, like, a little thing, we probably used it with the resistance bands or whatever. I can't remember exactly what it was. It's, it's open up. But I was like... I mean, it didn't even open up that big. It was pretty tiny to begin with. But I was like, fuck if Jackie Chan. I'm doing it. You know, if it, like, Jackie, Jackie wouldn't put his face on something. on <laughs> day you? If, if Billy Blank's... <laughs> Chuck Norris and Jackie Chan, I'm gonna follow Jackie Chan. (laughs) Yeah, like, I was like, one, Jackie Chan's literally his life depends on the fact that he's. This agile, yeah. you know, uh, you know, much more so than, than, than Billy Blanks and, and, and Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris. Yeah, like what Jackie Chan does, like his life literally is held in the balance of his own physicality. <laughs> so one, and if Jackie would not promote something that he didn't <laughs> actually <laughs> use himself, and I came very close to buying that thing. Well, you should see it if was it's good. It was good marketing to put Jackie
1: Chan. You on should that see one. if it's on eBay, see if you can get one of those things, and then you know you see if what
0: we'll, we we'll do a little test. And this. you would cut to like Jackie's stunt guys, yeah, which are all guys that I knew by. Face, you yeah, know, right. because I've seen them all part the part of his, troop, his, <laughs> yeah. his stunt team. They're like, oh, and the, the, the guy's like, Yeah, well, it's, it's a physical thing, and blah, blah blah. And I'm like, Yeah, I know that guy, he's in that Jackie Chan movie. And but do they a, cut the bureau of all them doing it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jackie, you know, he almost tried to break into America with a little bit of uh sponsorship, yeah, not sponsorship, but uh endorsement deal. It seems like he's had it's, I
1: mean, he is universal with it Didn't did, did they have a They've had video games, but did he have a cartoon as well? He had
0: a cartoon, which he did voice,
1: but he might have done like the wraparound. Yeah, because I remember that. That ran a couple seasons. That was longer than the uh, Michael Jordan, uh, freaking uh, what's his face? Larry Bird didn't he have a cartoon with Bill <laughs> Bo Jackson? <you laughs> know? Oh yeah, yeah. And that was uh, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Maybe? It Was Wayne
0: Gretzky, Bo Jackson, and Michael Jordan? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought Larry Bird was some. Yeah, they had like so. It's like it's like Mr. T and his traveling Olympic team of Kid Olympics. Uh, so like, but that thing lasted a while on Saturday morning. At least, at yeah, I, mean, I never. Right. Really
0: Really watched because by the time that came out, we were a little
1: yeah older. But it was stylized. It was done in a good way. Like it was it was good animation. It's not like the, some Chuck of the crap North they have had now. A
0: cartoon in the yeah
1: eighties. Yeah, super something commando, super commandos. That was the you know just like when WWF had cartoons, wrestling cartoons. Yeah, yeah. So Jackie Chan's was yeah. Jackie Chan's was much more recently though, like in the early odds. But he he hasn't really seen. I guess he is broken out here, and he is, and people know who Jackie Chan is.
0: Yeah, but he, like I said, it's been a while since he's been in something here, though. Yeah, but because um, I think he's getting older. And every once in a while he's semi-retired on, dem- on demand or on Netflix, like a more recent movie will pop up with Jackie Chan. I mean, he did the Karate Kid. Oh yeah,
1: you know that's a. They say that was the like one of his with first them. dramatic roles. With yeah, Jade, Jade, Jade. Uh, one of the Smiths, one of the, yeah the the son, Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith. I was going to say Jada Pinkett, but that's the girl. Yeah. That's his mother.
0: Um, he did that. He did like that. Around the World in Eighty Days with Steve Coogan. Yeah, which Sam Ohung, uh, who we mentioned earlier, has a has a brief part where he portrays. Uh, in that he pl- he portrays what who Jackie portrays in this movie. Uh, What's his name? Wang Fei-Hung. Yeah. So that's another portrayal <laughs> of Wang Fei-Hung. Samuel Hung portrays him for, like, a, in a cameo, I think, in that movie. It's almost like, I guess. <laughs> and I was, honestly, like I really, not not as much with Shanghai Nights, but Shanghai Noon came out when I was working at a movie theater. Yeah. And so I ended up watching that movie a million times in the movie theater because every time it was like I got off work and I didn't have anything to do, I would go and I'd sit down and I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> and watch Shanghai Noon. I really enjoyed Shanghai Noon. I thought it had a lot of good, a lot of cool s- stuff. A yeah. lot of, I thought Jackie was really good. He's doing stuff a lot of the Jackie stuff Jackie does in that movie is really yeah. great.
1: And he says he's really proud of this stuff. I mean, this was very difficult and challenging, the drunk yeah. stuff. And he, I you know. think he's
0: even quoted as saying that Drunken Master 2, this movie we're talking about today, is his favorite overall movie yeah. of his career. He
1: knows what it, he. He knows what the people want want of him, so that was one of the fights he had with the director, so he's very proud of it. He said it was very it was very strenuous for the idea of the physicality where he gets into the nuts and bolts of yeah. um, when you get drunk, you get flush and he was saying he couldn't, the, he wasn't obviously drinking so he couldn't get flush naturally. So they were trying to put makeup on him, but then he started sweating doing the martial arts. So it would all get over his yeah. white shirts. So he, what he would end up doing is before every take is he would just put his head between his legs yeah. to have the blood rush to his head. So his red. Has, so, doing that take after take after take, he said it was just so exhausting to be doing that and then acting drunk in the scene and having that such an exaggerated style that it was a very demanding, sure. this role. That um,
0: and, you know, he says, you know, like, look, the stunts in this might not be as big and as elaborate as some of the other things, you know. Yeah, he's become known and, for yeah. but But the things he was doing in this were... More difficult of course. to pull off, and because it, it's all timing. Yeah, uh, it, it's just it's a very
1: like a, it's a, it's a, it's a ballet. Especially him, he's arts. and he's uh, choreogra- choreographing it all. I mean, that's insane to be you know. And then then on top of that, then having at the end to take the directorial duties over. You know, you think of challenging that you're, you're yeah. acting, and then you're you're then you're, choreo- uh, you're choreographing everything, and then you're on top of that you're directing to make sure camera placement, shot composition. What's how's this going to look? We're in all those hats when you have sixty people around you that you know forty of which are going to be in the scene <laughs> coming at you. You know, and there's yeah, so many yeah. things where you know even though they're breakaway stuff like the the benches and stuff, it's like you know one wrong move or a misstep. Timing, you could somebody. I'm sure people are getting hurt left and right. Oh, sure. He's getting hurt and all the, uh, you know, it would be funny. That'd be a funny show where, like, you know, you have your your um John Claude Van Johnson. Yeah. You do a show like in extras where you're not the top build <laughs> martial arts guy. You're an extra in the in the Hong Kong, <laughs> you're and, like the old
0: guy in the back with the axe. Yeah, and that's just <laughs> so your job is to like run up the stairs and they get thrown and over the you, railing. Yeah,
1: and then you get fall down a flight of stairs. And you and it, poor you you have to do it 20 times because you know the first take they're not running the camera second take the film is bad third take something in the gate so you're having you know and that's your life where you're just this yeah. that's a series right there we can do that for uh one of those instant demand shows. anyway if
0: you have not seen this movie and have any interest in uh, kind of martial art movies and the amazingness uh, that is martial arts choreography and I, jackie chan I, and jackie chan i totally recommend it yeah like i said you know dan points out there's a, you have to kind of if you're not expecting it, you do kind of have to get into the the rhythm of it and the and the comedy and and kind of stick with it. If but uh, I think it's it's my favorite Jackie Chan movie. And we should note that it's on Time Magazine's list of 100 greatest movies of all time. That's yes, that's something. <laughs> so you know, I, I,
1: it is. I think for some people who are used to seeing something a certain way, it could be a little off putting but once you understand the style yeah again i keep saying the bollywood once you get that i think this is something you're going to it's it's like having you know it's like trying a new food once you get past whatever your your preconceived notions are and you have oh it's good then you can and then with that with soon you can dive into this subgenre and i also think as soon as you
0: get to the actions, like the fight scenes. Yeah. Like, it's very easy to give yourself into it then, I think. Yeah. Because they're fun. Because Jackie Chan's file style is not just not just what he's doing is amazing, but they're fun to watch. He's fun f- to watch. And they're all lovable kind of characters. Take out the, the, the villains in the movie. But, like, yeah. his family, his
1: father, you know, you kind of feel for even the, the young servant or the little brother, you know, his stepmom. You, you kind of you, – you, you're along for the ride. And then him playing this real character – I'm trying to think of what it's akin to in the States, maybe back in the 30s and 40s, like, like the George Cohan of Broadway, where they yeah. did a lot of stuff with him. This iconic figure that it's, it's ingrained in the Chinese psyche yeah, that you know, it is very much something that is uh, ingratiating to, to to the masses and can transcend to Western culture. Yeah, you know that, that's awfully exciting. And then for him, the such a demand for him to come back and then do this role, and then you know, you know, it's certainly
0: sure. and that's one of the reasons why I thought this would be a great one to kind of introduce the concept of kung fu February, because there's few movies that I think exhibit kung fu and martial arts like as beautifully and as amazingly as this movie does. So it was a good, to me, it was a good push. Break the, break down the door of Kung Fu <laughs> First door. one, be like, <clears throat> right out of the gate, we're going to show you some amazing... Drunken Master 2,
1: <laughs> a.k.a. the legend of the Drunken, Drunken Master. Kung
0: Fu, watch this shit.
1: And, uh, and, it, and it wasn't, a, it was a huge hit when it came out. It made a crap load of money uh, overseas in native China, and then even when it finally got released here, they was something like, each theater was making like, like 2500 or something a day, or something yeah, crazy, yeah. wherever it was. So it ended up, if it comes out in '94 and then it doesn't come out in the states until 2000, it still made a shitload of money here when it came out with the theatrical run, which you
0: saw theatrically. Yeah, yeah. You saw the so run. I got to see it. That was awesome.
1: Yeah, and it's just oh, you know, it, the stuff he's doing. It's just it's it's just so mind blowing. You look at everybody has a niche in the in in movies, and it's just the stuff he's doing. It's just you know, it's like that stuff you see where um, what's that? movie Bob liked to show us, District 13. What's the one where the, the, you know, it's a lot of that free-form running, you know, in Paris. It's the French movie where they're in the... uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that thing where you see at the beginning of Casino Royale where you see a lot of that... Oh,
0: that... uh, What's it called?
1: Yeah. I know what you mean. But it's like free... It's free-walking or something where people are just running up and doing shit. Parkour or something like that. Yeah, jumping off of things and flipping around. And, you know, uh, you see... It seems like a lot of... That's another thing, too, um, where it's getting a little late on. But I wonder if Jackie Chan's style of martial arts and doing this physicality has unconsciously pushed <clears throat> the genre to now where you see, like, the the, the Jason Bourne movies where you see these sequences with, or the James Bonds with Daniel Craig where he's, you know, running. You got a camera behind him and they're jumping, coming through a window, like jumping from across. From balcony to yeah.
0: balcony. Yeah.
1: Like, all that stuff now where you see the Which actors are the really Jackie doing doesn't. it. Which is the Jackie Dozen.
0: Or like from open window to open window whereas jackie I think John's from like balcony to balcony you, you know all the Bronx
1: you know yeah, or even when you get to the um the uh what's the name of those movies the most recent crazy movies with the uh, uh where they're stuck in the they're stuck in the place they're stuck in to a lot of wood first letter, they're stuck in the it's the yeah, police yeah, the, th-
0: yeah the yeah the one that uh, <laughs> yeah. the judge raid, Dread movie the raid is kind of a yeah play when on. you
1: look at the, the raid, raid, raid one and then certainly the raid two raid two redemption maybe yeah. that shit is off the proverbial chain, the stuff yeah. they're doing. So I wonder if it all comes back to... Well, there was
0: that guy with the Umbak when that came out. Yeah. Tony La? Tony J. T- Tony, not Tony Ja. Because uh, then he made that other one about the elephants. Yeah, the elephant in time. Where it, it has it. that big fight scene where he just walks up. Umbak It's a one shot, goes all fights
1: like all, up the, the, way stairs. Up, all the way up yeah. the building. And they the- couldn't even get an American steady cam operator, couldn't do it because it was too taxing. So they had to have an... Bringing an Asian, yeah, because it's like he's he's in a he's in a lobby of a hotel, and he goes up like five flights of stairs in one take, yeah, yeah. throwing people off balconies. They're coming back up there, yeah, and, and that's yeah. When he slides under plates of glass, all that Tony Tony Jaa stuff is. I say Tony J, but Tony J is the, the voiceover
0: artist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I would say I would I would say that it's undoubtedly that what Jackie Chan has achieved cinematically has influenced how we expect action. And martial arts to be played. Like nowadays, you
1: look at like a Chuck Norris martial art movie from the 80s, which was perfectly acceptable, or Steven Seagal or whatever, your Van Van Damme, to how we want it now, where we want it very realistic. We want it very brutal, like the Jason Bourne movie, very fat, to the point where we can't even see what the hell's going on. You know, like, like, (laughs) you know, we won't take that old it could be stylized, the eighties route. So I wonder if Jackie's kind of pushed the level of realism so we wanted to look, you know, definitely with the dust sad. on everybody when so you could see the hits. And I know? would say
0: speed, too, yeah. how it's presented in terms of speed. And I don't think, you know, I, I look I'm not I'm no expert on, look, I don't on, know. on Hong Kong action cinema, but you stayed when in you s- when you consider uh, you know, the success of drunken master and young master and all that stuff and how jackie really was one of the guys that carried the hong kong action martial arts martial arts torch after bruce lee died i mean it's undoubted that he had some kind of influence on the guys that came after him like jet lee Li and donnie yen and you know all the martial arts action heroes of hong kong probably all in some way owe a little bit of a debt to Jackie Chan. Just as Jackie even that Chan region. owes a little bit of a debt to Bruce, to Bruce Lee. Lee. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all it's all uh it's evolution. And yeah. We all like it's all related and even some way. yeah,
1: even when you get out of that when you get to like the uh, like I said, that Born to Fight movie, which I think is a uh I don't think it's I think it's a Korean or Filipino movie, the shit they're doing in that where people look like they're dying. You know? And it's yeah. just the, you know that you want to push that envelope, you know. So anyway. it's amazing. But uh yeah, check us out. Um Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. Check out our homepage. We supply a lot of extras. The G.I. Joe cast last couple of weeks ago. We put a lot of extras up of of us at our Hascon show. <laughs> uh, check that out. Uh, a lot of exclusives there. Check us out on... Um, uh, Any place else, you can find a podcast.
0: Yeah. iTunes, yep. Google Play. Hopefully, we'll be, have even more availability other places. Yeah. we're uh, Check out my book, Scored to Death, Conversations with Some of Horror's Grace Composers. Hopefully, by the time people are listening to this, I will also have Scored to Death, the podcast that you can check out. Uh, if not, hopefully, it'll be up soon. <laughs> it's in the works.
1: You're, you're you're working day and night on this.
0: Yeah. Uh, which will be ex- celebrating and exploring the craft of scoring movies. Yeah. Uh, so I have that as kind of a side project. Um, and uh, as of right now, Dion and I are planning to be at Cherry Hill in March yeah, uh, of 2018. Monster Mania. Monster Mania, Cherry Hill. New Jersey. of uh, Mid-March. Yeah. Uh, We're headlining. <laughs> Won't be headlining, but we'll de- be there. We were there a couple of, we last were there year. Last year, we're going to be back uh, this we year. We got to meet some of you, which was
1: awesome. Yeah. So if anybody wants to come out and see us, and uh, you know, we'll, we we want to shake your hand for li- putting up with listening to us. And Blake will be there um, selling his book. So if you also wanted in person to get Blake's book and get a little uh, autograph of Blake uh, writing your name. <laughs> In his book, he'll do that for you. And uh, that'll be fun. So that's in the the, the, was that the second week of March there.
0: Yes, yeah, That so weekend. It's a weekend, but we'll also Like the 9th, know, 10th, 11th. We'll let everybody know via social media.
1: Yeah. For sure. So that'll be fun. I was making an appearance. We'll have to. Last year, we had to like, there was lines out the door. <laughs> <and we laughs> All had to, five of you. We're causing yeah, a ruckus. <laughs> yeah. They had to have security come down. We had to go up through the, 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 uh, the dumbwaiter. <laughs> they couldn't even bring us up the freight elevator. We had to bring up the dumbwaiter. You know? So I'm, I'm kidding. I kid. Nobody cared. I kid. Yeah. Although we got to meet Jason, two Ryans. We had a lot of people that came. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. It was, was like, well, oh, you, you actually listen? You know what? To <laughs> do? Wow. Here's a magnet. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we'll hope to see you there if you're in ta- if you're around. And in the meantime, check out, you know, us uh, all over the internet, Twitter, Facebook, like we said, our homepage. We have extras. Uh, like us, share our stuff, contact us with any comments, questions, concerns. And uh, we hope you like what we did so far in 2018. Uh, we've got another exciting episode coming in two weeks to close out. Kung, Kung Fu February. Kung Fu February. Kung Fu February. We should get our own little, you know, <laughs> Saturday night movie we sleep Kung Fu February. <sighs> but um, we'll see you in two weeks. Who loves you, baby? <laughs> Kung Fu February loves you, baby. <laughs> Ellie loves you.
0: Later.